For DA, you think he might be uh, checking that out? He probably is. He likes the show. Come on now, don't forget about your boy DA. My boy? What does that mean? What, do you not like DA shot? already? Do you not like him? I do like him. He's a good guy. And he sounds good on the air. So what's not to like? He's a broadcaster. Yes, he is. Which for us is a little out of our league. Okay, let's see. Nighttime, seven to midnight. Persons, twenty-five fifty-four. Uh, I don't see us anywhere. Look at that. Of course, there's a lot of other crap in there, too. Don't forget, we got that dolphin tune-out two hours. And we got that high school uh, crap. Uh, I just keep looking here and looking. I don't see it. Oh, QAN. There it is on the 85th page. A point from a point eight to a point nine. We're doing it. Oh. Attaboy. Woo! Tied for 27th in 2554. So you double that, and it gives you like a one eight. Now, let's see if men, maybe men, 7 to midnight, I mean 18 plus, you think, is looking a little bit stronger? Hopefully. 7 to midnight? What do you think? Uh, I'm looking at it yes. right now. You don't know. I say yes. Radio Mom B. Man, no speaking English. All them old Julios are listening to the radio at night. They're glued to it. Fidel is dead. Fidel is dead. Ba, 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 like that, you know. Waxy's got a 3-1 at night, tied for 11th. Uh... Scare America's 17th with a 2-5. Where the hell's QAM? Oh, 1-6 down to a 1-4 in Men at Night, 7 to Midnight. Men 18 plus. That's about where we usually are. 1-4, 1-6, not, 1-4. Uh, not in the ballpark. But you keep plugging away, DA. You're okay in our book. Plus, he's all over the place anyway. Yep. Probably the reason that Joe went up a little bit is the fact that he was doing a jury duty. Remember that? Like, for like two months? What Maybe? are you eating now? Um, I'm eating Howie's. You're eating Howie? Yeah. And we got to hear about it on the air that you're eating Howie? He thought you would like that. Howie. 81% in polls say the nation is headed on the wrong track. Two loose lot tracks, baby. Americans are more dissatisfied with the country's direction than at any time since New York Times CBS News poll began asking about this subject in the early 1990s, according to the latest poll. In the poll, 81% of respondents said they believe things have pretty seriously gotten off on the wrong track, up from 69% a year ago and 35% in early 2002. Although the public mood's been darkening since the early days of the war in Iraq, it's taken a new turn for the worse in the last few months as the economy has seemed to slip into recession. Thank you, Mr. President, for the war and the gas prices and the recession and the dead people and all of these uh, All of things. these things. There is now nearly a national consensus that the country faces significant problems. Wow, that's pretty profound, huh? Like us here at WQM, we face significant problems. Multi-problemi. A majority of nearly every demographic and political group, Democrats and Republicans, men and women, residents of cities and rural areas, college graduates, and those who only finished high school, say the U.S. is headed in the wrong direction. 78% of respondents said the country was worse off than five years ago. Just 4% said it was better off. They're real smart. The dissatisfaction is especially striking because public opinion usually hits its low point only in the months and years after an economic turndown, not at the beginning of one. Today, however, Americans report being deeply worried about the country, even though many say their own personal finances are still in fairly good shape. That's because they don't have 400 dependents like I do. 
Only 21% of respondents said the overall economy was in good condition, the lowest such number since late 92, when the recession that began in the summer of 90 had already been over for more than a year. In the latest poll, two out of three people said they believe the economy is in recession today. Now, right now, baby, this second, the unhappiness presents clear risk for Republicans in this year's elections, given the continued unpopularity of President Bush. 28% of respondents said they approved of the job he was doing. 28%, a number that barely changed since last summer. But Democrats, who control the House and Senate since last year, also face the risk that unhappy voters will punish congressional incumbents. Mr. Bush and leaders of both parties on Capitol Hill have moved in recent weeks to react to the economic slowdown, first by passing that stimulus bill that will send checks of up to 1200 bucks to many couples this spring. They're now negotiating over proposals to overhaul financial regulations. The poll found that Americans blame government officials for the crisis more than banks or home buyer, buyers and other borrowers. Forty percent of respondents said regulators are mostly to blame, while 28 percent named lenders and 14 percent named borrowers. Now, assessing possible responses to the mortgage crisis, Americans displayed a populist streak favoring help for individuals but not for financial institutions. A clear majority said they didn't want the government to lend a, a hand to banks, even if the measures would help limit the depth of a recession. Yeah, don't be bailing out the banks. Bail us out, okay? Bail us out. Don't bail out the damn banks. All your big, your rich friends, okay? You crooks, you thieves, you gypsies, you bastards, man. You lunatics. Now, that's what I was saying, something about lunatic, and that's when they chopped me off the air before. Not again. Nope. Not, not yet. Well, don't, don't do that. I'm don't waiting for it, though. Like that. Yeah, oh, yeah, it'll happen any second now. This seems to be like a new feature on the show. Let's see how much dead air we can have every day on the show. Now, I'm fixing the problem here with that power supply, and I, I think it'll probably we'll probably fake our way through today. And even if we don't, I know how to solve it. I, I can just plug the stuff that's plugged in there right into the wall. Okay. Okay, what? It doesn't need to be in the... The power supply is only there if the power goes out here. Don't you Correct. understand? Yeah. It's like a backup deal. And the power's gone out twice in seven years, and one of them was that great northeastern blackout when it was out like all day. Huh? Maybe, maybe two or three times, because there was one time I was on the phone. Remember that? Probably not. I do. When you when you called in, did the show mm -hmm. from the phone? I remember that. Yeah. Uh, that's what I was doing before when we finally came back, when they stopped screwing around in the control room there and, and knocking me off the air. These are engineers? This is a radio station? These people are engineers? They have some kind of a broadcast license? And my friend Eric up there in Orlando, he has to take care of this thing with the power supply and walk me through this. And even he emailed me where to order it, which I did online, right here in Toronto. And it'll be here today or, or Monday. Eric did that. Not the engineers, not anybody connected with QAM. You, what, what's wrong with that picture? Do you see something wrong with it? Um, yeah, I could, you know. You look. see something, cons a consistent pattern there? A little bit. God. The things that really count, these people are, oh, gee, he's complaining again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, the things that we demand on this show, the demands are so just awesome, you know. Like, keep the thing on the air would be good. That would be good for starters. And no, Jolly Joe, I'm not coming back to do my show down there, okay? Now, was he really serious about that or not? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Because he heard me say joking about that? Because I had a, a, a pretty good weekend down there last week. People weekend? take you so seriously, Neil. Yeah. 847 votes on Chris's poll. You should be fairly pleased about that. I think I might change it now. Right now? Yeah, right now. Right now. Right. What's up with that? Which, which word didn't you understand? Right effing now. What's up with that? I don't like it. 
It's too, it's too you know, it's, uh, I don't know. It's too hard to read, first of all. It's got too damn many uh, names and movies and numbers, and by the time I get through reading the poll, it'll be 2 o'clock already. That's bad. It'll be time for the jerk show. No, that's not bad. Well, on one hand it is, on the other side it's not. I'm, I'm getting rid of it. Okay. Especially since Eric's got the new one already up there to load. This is a good one from uh, Sean. I, I passed it by yesterday. If I had the time, I would learn blank. Another language? Sign language. See, he put sign language on there to pacify George. I don't understand that whole thing with George and sign language. Do you? Can you no. tell me what that's all about? Another way to hit on chicks. No, no, seriously. Well, is that what that's all about? I, I yeah, that's much. what it's all about. He's yeah. picking up deaf chicks? I can understand him picking up blind chicks. That I can understand. Easily. But deaf. Deaf. I don't get it. I mean, when you're broadcasting on a radio, it seems to me that talking about deaf stuff is probably, I don't know, it just makes no sense to me. But what do I know? What, what, what do I know about anything? I'm voting for another language. A lot of good choices on here. I'm casting my vote as we speak. If I had the time, I would learn here are the choices. Another language, sign language, to play an instrument, carpentry, scuba diving, to play golf, to play crafts, more about investing, to do my own taxes, to sing. You get it right from the factory. To ride a motorcycle, how to program my cell phone, drive a stick shift, more about history, to rollerblade, the Koran, to manage my anger, or more about Jesus, to make my neighbor happy. I want to learn a lot more about Jesus. Biggest names. The best talent. Oh, 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 oh. Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. He's got ape-like ears. It's the Tickle Me Bush doll. Now sold in stores where the guns, ammo, and NRA propaganda are sold. It's 1101 at 560 WQM. Happy Friday, April numero quattro for you. So the numbers were uh, not great. They were not as bad as January. February was like uh, painful, but not nearly as painful as January. January is like a death knell, you know. Make sure that they killed the whole inner book. Mm-hmm. You, you got to listen. You guys have got to say something, okay? Uh, something, anything, even if you just fart, anything. Oh, oh, that would be good. So that I know we still got the connection. Don't you understand? I mean, have you lost that concept, or are you just doing that to be sadistic? Yeah, just a little. Bastards. You know what? We can play that game. Uh, uh, I think we lost him. Uh oh. Oh, we better play some. Uh, baby got back. Better, better play some fart noises. Yeah, play baby come back. That was was that on Power ninety six? I'm assuming that's probably what it was. Can't be. They're playing baby come back by player. Get out of no, here. No, baby got no, no, back. No, no, yeah. Baby, oh, baby got, got back. back. Oh, sort of mix a lot. Well, excuse me. I like Baby Comeback by Player. There was nothing wrong with that. All that ridge from that horrible soap opera was on there. He's an idiot. I was told it was actually a satellite receiver that we were picking up at that time. What difference does it make? Does it make a difference? Big difference. Whether it was power, whether it was a satellite receiver, whether it was XM, FM, PM, uh, BM. What, what difference does it make? It wasn't supposed to be on the air. That's the point. That's the point. It wasn't supposed to be on QAM. Schmucks. Oh, well, there he goes again, bitch, and we were just in there trying to fix things. Yeah, well, don't fix things, okay? Don't fix anything. What's the worst performance to still win an Oscar? Al Pacino, son of a woman, baby. Can there be any doubt? I'll say it for the millionth time. Hoo-ah! 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 129 for son of a woman. Cuba Gooding Jr., Jerry Maguire, 99. Russell Crowe, Gladiator, 85. This is the final tally on this awful poll. Hoo-ah! 
Helen Hayes Airport, 72. Nicholas Cage Leaving Vegas, 67. Marisa Tomei, My Cousin Vinny, 64. Is that a good movie or not? Yes. Is it? Yeah. Sounds like a Guido movie to me. Well, that would be Vinny. Gwyneth Paltrow, Shakespeare in Love, 58. Tom Hanks, Forrest Dump, 40. Liz Taylor, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, 38. Kim Basinger, L.A. Confidential, 36. Richard Dreyfuss, The Goodbye Girl, 31. One thing to say to Richard Dreyfuss. <laughs> Susan Sarandon, Dead Man Walking, 26. Kevin Spacey, American Beauty, 24. Gina Davis, The Accidental Tourist, 24. Estelle Parsons, Bonnie and Clyde, 16. Robert De Niro, Raging Bullschmidt, 12. Meryl Streep, Kramer vs. Kramer, 11. Judy Holiday, Born Yesterday, 9. And Dustin Hoffman, Kramer vs. Kramer, 8. <laughs> and that's it. That's the end of that one. We had 849 votes. On that very marginal poll, and we apologize profusely for it, and we'll never do it again. Chris apologizes. You can do better than that. I apologize. Just like even the Sheik knew that. We'll never do it again until two months from now. We're never going to do that poll again. If we do, I'm leaving. Where are you going? Come on, Neil. You can do better than that. (laughs) Come on, Neil. You can do better than that. Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah. That was the Sheik. Well, I mean, I... Wasn't really all that gay until now. Come on, Neil, you can do better than that. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, some of the crap that they put on here, and uh, that was on IOD. That was Steve Nichol, the Sheik. Oh, he's Neil without the drop-ins. He's Neil. Yeah, he was Neil. Uh-huh. Do I sound just like that? <laughs> At any rate, th- I think he was a uh, gay like you, maybe. No, no, that you're confusing him with Drewsy. Uh, no. Yes. Oh, okay. Drewsy, Drew Michaels, that queen. Drew, who said, among many other stupid things. Oh, I can't play that one. Another break already? I mean, he also said... He's an ass. Well, see, I had oh, a nice cut there. Nice. Isn't that good? That was a quick finger. Quick finger. Good work, old man. See that? Oh, there's Prince Philip looking old and almost dead on TV. He's in the hospital, baby. Maybe he'll croak. 60 years. Important to remember... Miserable Nazi bastard. Remember that in The Exorcist? Yes. Now, who the hell was that? Was that the somebody from the film crew? Was that the producer? The uh-huh. director? Whatever he was. And he got drunk and he called the, uh, the, the butler, you miserable Nazi bastard. Remember that? Yes. That was good. Then he got his, though. A lot of people got theirs in that movie. Mm-hmm. A little noticed remark in the press is generating heat for John McCain's presidential campaign. He keeps delaying when his medical records are going to be released, leading some people to question, what's he hiding? As is the headline on the liberal blog, the Huffington Post. On Wednesday, McCain's campaign told CNN that the Arizona senator's medical file would be produced May 15. Trouble is, they previously said they'd be released April 15, and they refused to turn the records over to the New York Times on at least three occasions. Mr. McCain has yet to make his full medical records or his physicians available to reporters. The Times veteran medical correspondent Dr. Lawrence Altman wrote in March, at least three times since March of last year, campaign officials have told New York Times that they provide the detailed information about his current state of health, but they haven't done so. Huh. The campaign house is expected to release the information in April. They didn't say what year, though. The CNN report was featured in a blog post on their political ticker Wednesday. It was not picked up by news agencies or even the subject of a CNN report. The Carpetbagger blog, however, caught the CNN blog post and raised a storm about it. The Times report was the standard line in early March. McCain sat down for an interview with Scott Pelley on 60 Minutes, was asked about his health. He said it's excellent. Three times he said that and said his campaign would be doing the medical records thing soon. 
carpetbagger Steve Bennon wrote, Pelly followed up, there's been some criticism that you haven't released your medical records. You're saying in this interview that you're about to do that? And McCain replied, oh, yeah, we'll do it in the next month or so. Yeah. Yeah. For a candidate who has nothing to hide, he's acting like he's got something to hide, he continued later. Steve Bennon. And given that McCain is going to be the oldest president ever elected, has a history of medical problems, including melanoma, this is a little unsettling. If McCain had a history of secrecy, it'd be easier just to chalk this up to a character flaw. flaw. But his previous disclosures actually make the problem worse. He was an open book during his first campaign. Now can't even explain the delays in releasing his records. As I said, Steve Bennett concluded, there's probably nothing to this, but the campaign's conduct on the issue raises questions, don't it? And it do. It do. Maybe what he's really trying to say is... I'm dying over here. Like that. I heard Joe say that this morning. Little Dog said that. Yeah. No, he didn't say that. He said... Absolutely correct, sir. He said that. But that's okay. I mean, at least we work on the same station. As opposed to uh, Ron and Ancient Paul. Which, uh, Brandon, your close personal friend, by the way, points out that they got 80 million billboards. Ron and Paul. Yeah, they really do, man. It's, it's unbelievable. Well, yeah, because Clear Channel owns the damn billboards. Don't you understand? But they they got to have, like, 20 for Paul and Ron. You said that there's two of them almost, like, right next to each other. They're they're everywhere. Well, there's my good friend Susan Candiotti. And further charges involved. One of the only people we like on CNN. I hope she's out of the building when God sm smites them. Remember, he tried a couple weeks ago. Remember when they had the uh, tornado in Atlanta? Right. And the roof was caving in on CNN. God, you know, sometimes he's got bad aim. I always tell you that, and it's true. Well, I'm telling you, I get runny nose. It must be, it, it's either my allergies to those ratings that came out or it's the uh, springtime thing, you know? Hmm. Let me blow my nose here. Oh, don't hurt yourself. Oh, my God. There it is. So much better. Clear it out, man. Clear it out. When in doubt, air it out. We got 59 votes on the new poll, but I don't want to read the numbers because then that guy will get all bent out. I think we might take some calls today, too, Chris. Okay. Not. That was huh. a joke. Do you want to punch one up? Have you got any? No. No. Well, they wouldn't be calling because we haven't taken it. Well, when's the last time we took a call on the show? I can't take any here. Oh, you, you never know. They could be good today. It's Friday. Oh, no, you, you're voting for calls today is let's, what you're saying? Let's take a call. 5670560, oh, pound 560 on the Verizon Singular Wireless Line. Let's put a call or two on here. We'll see how they go. If they're really great, we might take them all day. You never, never know. That's what I'm saying. How about those Marlins? They didn't play yesterday, right? No. Well, they didn't lose again after that 13 nothing shellacking the other night. Boy, now, is this a series at home this weekend or what? Uh, I believe so because they're having Brett Michaels here. They're having what? That's right. Don't you listen to the commercials that yeah. run? No. Nope. Brett Michaels, come on down and see uh, some uh, Rock of Love. What, what are you talking about? I don't think about? he knows what that is. I have no idea who that is. Brett Michaels? He used the same the poison, poison, I believe. Oh, yeah. I remember Poison. Okay. Well, he's going to be here. He's going to be at Marlins Stadium. It's like the way most people feel about the Marlins. They hate him like poison. So, anyway, uh, they didn't lose last night. That's good. And we got that first pitch with Jesse Agler, the Marlins pregame report for 10 minutes uh, tonight again at 6.50 with five minutes of spots in there. We're no dummies. We got lots of spots. Now, what were we just saying before that about the calls? You got any? Yeah. Well, punch one up. QAN. Have you got the pot open? Yeah, the pot's on. Josh just has to figure out how to... Hit the button. Oh, my God. I did. There, nothing, nothing's going down. And that was the only one? You had one call? No, there's a couple of them here. Well, then, how, try, try punching one up, okay? I'm just hitting next, buddy. QAM, hello. It's dead. There's nothing coming through the phone pot. I got no calls on my thing, so. 
Well, I'll punch one up and let's hear a dial tone just to make sure that they work. Yeah, this, this isn't working. Uh, it's got to be reset, room. I guess. Oh. Oh, oh well, we tried. Oh. Yeah. Hey, come on in here, engineers. We'll need some more fixing in this room. I think we might have lost him. He might have killed himself. No, you didn't lose oh. me. I'm just, oh, okay. I just got my head down on the counter. It'll be okay. How's yeah, that possible? You guys, are, like, you guys are, uh, by the way, you, you t you're talking to me like I'm not doing something right here to punch up a call. I don't even know who's sitting where, okay? Well. And do I care who is uh, not doing what? All I, all I know is we can't even hear the dial tone, so obviously there's nothing can. coming through the phone that, that is absolutely correct, sir. Right. That, that, I mean, anybody who's done this more than five minutes knows how that works. I can't punch him up here because I'm not going to potchkey around with that router again. I don't want to lose my Internet. Mm -hmm. But that's got nothing to do with down there, right? Right. So what happens when you punch one up? What are you seeing? Nothing. What, what does that mean? Nothing happens. There's an error on the screen. Error? Yes. For the love of God, can I can I read you this fax? Because this guy sent it like six times. Go ahead. My queen, with extensive research, I believe you are absolutely correct, sir. That is Clemenza. Please accept my apology. Your lover. Oh, finally, that jackass that was faxing me yesterday. Jesus I see. Well, the reason Christ. he responded because I ripped him an ass because he didn't read. He didn't apologize for telling me it was uh, Tessio. Please I, stop like, sending the fax. Yeah, stop sending the fax. Okay, we're getting tired of that. And we're getting tired of the engineering too. They suck. <laughs> Stop. Nothing looks in this town. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The Sports Leader. Fill out your brackets for Hoops Hysteria online at WQAM.com. In the air, jams it home. A monster dunk. Make your picks for the final four. The ball. Hoops Hysteria. Log on and play. A presentation of Sports Radio. Now it's your time to get raped. <laughs> You might as well paint your crappy signal into outer space. Did you see that? I, I knew that you'd miss me. This cantankerous yiddy. I knew that you'd miss me. Can't you hear I'm trying to do the backup for the doors over here? Am I ever going to get you out of my life? 1118 and 560 WQM. Let's take a call or two. What are you saying? Now, did you reset it? Did you reboot it? Uh, we haven't done yet because we're not sure how to reboot it on that side, and uh, we can't find an engineer right now. I guess maybe that was the Lord telling us it wasn't such a good idea to try to take any calls. Mm. Who ever heard of such a thing? Who, who in their life ever heard of a place like this? Engineering ain't us. They're busy. If they would, I'm not even going to go into it. Tell me to slow down and relax. Take a deep breath. <gasps> like that. Take a deep breath. Calm down. Okay. 
And, of course, their response would probably be, well, he doesn't take calls anyway, so why should we uh, you know, do any maintenance on the phone system in there when they don't put any calls on here, blah, 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 like that, you know. Am I right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Probably they should have had the engineer up here come in here and, and re, uh, you know, hook up the thing again to the uh, router so that I could punch the calls up here. I bet you it would work then. Although, if, you know, something it probably wouldn't work then because if they're coming from, see, they're coming from your phone system down there. Mm-hmm. You follow what I'm saying? What are you saying? Via the Internet. So, in other words, if they're not working in your studio, they sure as hell wouldn't work here. Nope. So it's just as well I didn't worry about uh, trying to re-diddle uh, with all that stuff. Barry Jackass has a, an unusually useless column today, but he does have a couple of interesting things. Really? AT&T last week stopped airing ads featuring comedian John Cow. Caparona, Caponera, uh, impersonating okay. deceased Cubs announcer Harry Carey because they upset his widow, Dutchie, according to the Chicago Sun-Times. In fact, I'm sure he's the guy that does all these... Uh... Hey, enough with the Panthers already. When the hell does the baseball season begin anyway, huh? Yeah, now, when we uh, did our shows in Chicago there on IOD a few times, mm-hmm. uh, I met that guy. I also met Harry, of course, came in, too, but not at the same time because Harry hated that guy. That was the Harry Carey uh, impersonator. Anyway, the ads were done poorly, uh, Dutchie told the paper. After the first time I saw the commercial, I could hardly sleep. AT&T apologized during they stopped running the spots. Oh. And Harry, by the way, is still dead. Oh, God. Still drunk and still dead. Oh, God, what? No, what, you, you don't have a sense of humor? Like, get over it. It's the same thing like John Madden doesn't like Frank Caliendo's impression of him. You, you know what I mean? It's ridiculous. Are you, be, are you dissing Dutchie now? Um, yeah. I'll, gi- I'll give her the Dutch oven. Former WQM host and ex-big leaguer, wait till you hear this. I bet you're not familiar with the big news because it's on a station that nobody knows is on the dial. This is about the crow? Oh, you already know? No, I don't, but you said oh. former QM and big leaguer. How about you and me, the blob, okay? Former QM host and ex-big leaguer, Warren Cromarty's resurfaced with a talk show at 11.30 a.m. weekends on WFTL 640. Oh, my God. Not to be confused with WFTL 1400 or WFTL 850. Oh, my God. Wow. How about you and me, Trobe, the Meeb, the Blob? Okay, bub? Okay, bub, bub. So there you go. Go in the some locker of, room and pump, pump, pump. Some of the really brilliant stuff from uh, Barry Jackass this morning. So that was the news so far? That's it? That's it. Oh, well. Nothing else uh, even, even on the borderline of being interesting except to the most uh, devoted sports nerds, the people who run around going I have no life. like that. It is most pathetic, most sad. Almost as sad as that last uh, Leafs home game last night to Ottawa. 8-2, to Ottawa wins last night. Well, they were desperate. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure you were watching every second of it. Oh, totally. Not. Why not? Because I thought you were a big hockey fan. Now. I don't have that package thing. Oh, here comes the... Now, which race is this? Full field of 10 on the gate for the 8th. From Woodbine. 8th race at Woodbine last oh, night. What? This is part of They're our new format. Pacing fastest <laughs> away from down the center, Speed McQueen. Speed McQueen makes early speed for Mark McDonald, and Jets clear by two lengths. The inside, Cal West. Pop- See, one thing about thoroughbred racing, and I know that neither one of you care about this, and I've, I've screamed about it for years, is that instead of the owners having silks, having colors, the, the jockeys ought to have their own colors like the drivers do in harness racing. So there's some familiarity. You know instantly, for example, like second to the ass there is a Randy Waples, and Mark McDonald is leading the race because you can see the colors. You know what I'm saying? Of the drivers. Each driver's got his own colors. Yeah, sure. Like Joe Marsh Jr. with the gray and the polka dots. 
But the jockeys, they wear the colors of the owner, so they have to keep changing uh, outfits uh, every race. And you have no idea who the hell is whom and uh, who's on first, all of that. That's just, you know, my thoughts. But what do I know? What do I know? Former Democratic presidential candidate John Edwards said yesterday he will not accept the nomination for U.S. Vice President as he did four years ago. Well, he was, he was really strong four years ago for John Kerry. Not. Edwards, a former senator from North Carolina, dropped out of the 2008 race that is still being contested by uh, Barack and Swillery. Edwards was picked as running mate with Democratic presidential nominee John Kerry in 2004. But the two, and this is Reuters, this is very, very profound. The two were defeated when George W. Bush and Dick Cheney were reelected. Wow, this is like it's written for uh, kindergarten kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. After his keynote speech at CTIA, the annual U.S. Wireless Industry Showcase, Edwards was asked in a question-and-answer session if he would accept the nomination for VP. No, said Edwards, who also declined to say whether he would endorse Clinton or Obama. He's a mum. He ain't saying nothing. And you know something? The less he says, the better. Because he is strictly uh, vanilla. He's like uh, tapioca pudding. Very bland. Like vanilla ice cream. Bland. So tell me about that meatloaf yesterday from Lucille's. Uh, Cordes said it was really good. It was really good. I didn't even need to use the gravy. I just housed it with the little sweet sauce they had on it. Mm. I meant to ask Zach because uh, he was planning on going there last night. See how it was. He was going there last night for a freebie? Is that what he was doing? Well, you know, uh, he got Georgia's certificate, so he was going to head on down there and see how the place was. <laughs> like I said, he was going there for a freebie last night. There's nothing wrong with that. That's what this business is all about. Yeah, freebies. we get paid what we get paid. Now, let me ask you, I guess we're going to Schmidt can that whole idea about taking any calls because the engineers aren't going to show up. Listen, just, just wait a couple hours until they fix the phone, and then we'll take a call. Oh, in other words, you really believe that they're going to come in there and fix the phone? I just have near it? this strange all, feeling. I'm sure all it's got to be doing is reset, and you tell me that you can't do that? Yeah, we just, I, we're not sure how to reset it. Usually, like, you know, George is here, and he resets something over there, and then bam, 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 it's up again. Yeah. Well, we don't know what that is that he resets over there. Come on, engineers. Come on in here. We did have someone in here asking about it. Who's that? Clarence. Asking about it? Asking what we needed, yeah. And what did you tell him? Cool. Did you tell him we needed a freaking engineer instead of having all in the control room knocking me off the air every few minutes? Maybe well, no, if they were, were in the control room, we would have had an engineer. It's just that they're not in there when I went to look for them. Yeah. Well, maybe after that exhaustive job they did there in the control room, they're on maybe a two- or three-hour lunch break now. Wouldn't surprise me. Nothing works, baby. Everything is far blunted. Nothing works. Yeah, and I went to uh, to try to find somebody and, and talk to Darrow, and uh, he not only are they not here, but they're they're not answering their phones either. So God forbid there was like a you know a mega problem, like we were off the air or something. They're not answering the phones. Nope. The engineers, none of them are answering the phones. 
Is that what you're telling me? I guess there's like a private engineer meeting going on. Yeah, in the tea room, no doubt. Maybe they got that jerk from Naples over there. What the hell's his name? Bob, uh, out of sight, out of mind. I can't even think of his name anymore. You mean Bob DeMuth, who doesn't Bob. work for this company anymore? Oh, he doesn't work for us no more? Not for a while. Well, nobody ever told me that good news. Well, I'm telling you that. About him. Bob Vermouth is long gone. Well, that's the best news I've heard in a long time. What a jackass. Came over there to Amsterdam and screwed everything all up, and then he left the poor engineer over there holding the bag and uh, got on a plane and ran away. Hmm. Did a hell of a hell of a job there, Bobby. Bob Vermouth. So he's he's long gone. What happened with him? Um, he was removed from his position. Can? Yes. Fired. Wow. Well, that's some pretty good news. Yeah. Well, here's I mean, even some more good news. Bit by bit, the walls are closing in on Swillery. By just about every measure, including total votes, total delegates, and money raised, she's trailing Barack Obama in their pitch battle for the Democratic presidential nomination. And in the most important category, where she's still ahead, superdelegates, her lead is shrinking. Oh, my God. It's shrinking, baby. You ever see it shrink? Thus far this week, three superdelegates, party leaders, and elected officials who can support whomever they want at the August convention have broken for Senator Obama, while Senator Clinton Swillery hasn't won any. It is highly unlikely that Clinton can overtake Obama in the pledge delegate count, those won in primaries and caucuses, but it's also impossible for Obama to secure the nomination just on pledge delegates. Thus, the superdelegates will decide the nomination. The dream that he spoke of would remain out of reach. Thursday's stunning announcement that Obama had raised more than $40 million in March with 218,000 new donors that month dealt another blow to Swillery. Her campaign hasn't released its own March figure yet. I think it was about $20 million. They said last night. So can Clinton actually still win the nomination, it says? This is by Linda Feldman on the uh, Christian Science Monitor. In theory, yes, analysts say, but she'd have to win just about every reigning contest and then persuade enough superdelegates that she's got a better chance than Obama beating John McCain. The easiest way for that to happen would be for a bombshell revelation or major gaffe by Obama that would cause delegates and voters, as reflected in national polls, to abandon him. Short of that scenario, Clinton and her team are fast running out of options. The walls are closing in. I think the walls are closing in on us at QAM, too, if you ask me. Yeah, the engineers aren't answering their phones? No, oh, no we, we, got one we got Steph in here. And I think well, we're, that's good, because Steph is a real engineer who usually cares about these things, but I don't know. I think they're starting to get to him. Well, no, uh, by the way, they were in a, a meeting. I yeah, a Power I, 96 meeting. Power 96 meeting? Well, Hubsey and Dreard, okay? Power 96, my ass. With all that swill that they play. She would pretty well have to run the table after winning Pennsylvania convincingly, says Cal Gillison, a political scientist at SMU. So what's the story with the phone there? Uh, do we know? Not yet. No, not yet. Convincingly means by double digits, he says. Then Clinton would have to pull off upset North Carolina, where she's down by about 20 points. Our Oregon, where also Obama's ahead. Most people looking at the last 10 events or so see a bit of an edge for Clinton, but with Obama having significant places to look for wins as well, Mr. Gillison adds. For now, though, the trend seems to be heading in Obama's direction, even in Pennsylvania, where polls showed Clinton with a lead in the mid to high teens until very recently. The newest Quinnipiac poll shows her with a nine-point lead in Pennsylvania, and the Rasmussen poll only five points ahead in Pennsylvania. Her lead is shrinking. Pennsylvania's demographics, large populations of working-class, older, and Roman Catholic voters play to Clinton's advantage, but a wave of new registrations in the state could spell trouble for her 
As the Obama campaign has worked hard to identify new voters, Pennsylvania is absolutely critical for her. Absolutely. Said Terry Madonna, head of the Franklin and Marshall College poll. I think she wins here, but for the first time, I'm thinking he could upset her. It's a long shot, but it's possible. It's possible. Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be a kick in the head? Huh? You so know what else would be a kick in the head? What's that? Is if you took a call right now, because I think we can. Oh, QAM, hello. My phone works. Yeah, great. See, there you go. You wanted the calls. Holy crap. It's about time. Time for what? <laughs> the phones finally work. Yeah, well, we're, we're a little slow. What do you got, Pally? Hey, uh, Neil, off the trends, can you uh, more or less predict or, or get an idea of what the two to four is going to look like on the uh, book? No, you can't because it's a 10 to 3 and 3 to 7. You have no idea what the hourlies are. Only when it's a Now, what would you think? What is the two to four going to reflect? Oh, point. Oh, oh, oh. That's going to be bad, Pally. Okay, see ya. I guess you don't like that show, huh? Hmm. Maybe you don't like the heat. Because if you don't like the heat or the NBA, you sure as hell ain't going to listen. You know, unless, unless uh, I don't know, unless you want to hear some of that great comedy. Don't forget the... Well, that's the heat. Oh, yeah. That's the log, baby. That's the stats. That's the stats for the latest heat lost by 180 points. All right, that's enough of that crap. Okay, let's take a look at our poll. That was refreshing. We had a nut job there for a second, and then we had like a real caller who hates uh, jerks. Here's the poll. If I had the time, I would do whatever. I blank. Learn another language, 46. Winning hands down. That's what I voted. And, of course, some people are probably thinking, oh, well, he wants to learn Spanish. No, I don't. Or even Italian. No, I don't know what language it would be. Maybe Swahili. Maybe French. Well, you know a little Italian. Frog? Yeah, I know a little Italian. Parlo un poquito de italiano. Well, you are multilingual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you get? Cut the it. crap. Cut the crap. Cut the crap, Ola. You are, you know, you're just impossible lately. I don't know what got into him. How do you think there was like a runaway worm got into his body? Huh? Probably entered through the rectum. No. To play an instrument, seventeen. More about investing, ten. Oh yeah, here comes the bunny, and there goes your money. More about investing, my ass. Scuba diving, seven. More about history, six. Don't know much about it. I love that song. Now, Sam Cooke did the original, and then Art Garfunkel did it, right? Uh, sure, sure. Wonderful World. You don't know that song? No, if I heard it. Don't know maybe. much about history. You don't know that song? Oh, I know that song, yeah. Yeah, that's the song. Wonderful World. Sam Cooke and then Art Garfunkel. I know my crap, man. It's a good song. Scuba diving, seven. Uh, more about history, six. More about Jesus, four. Oh, I want to know so much more about Jesus. Jesus. Or maybe that's what they're reading it as, Jesus. To manage my anger for, how to program my cell phone for, to ride a motorcycle for, the Quran three, to drive a stick shift three, carpentry three, sign language three, to uh, rollerblade three, see, two. See, the thing with the learning to drive a stick, it's like uh, if I had the time, I'd learn how to buy a black and white TV. Wait, what are you talking about? To play craps one, to play golf one, none for to sing or to uh, do my own taxes out of 117. I'm talking about... Uh, Driving a stick shift is the passe. It's, for, it's either for guys who want to be like uh, hot shots and show off, or for people who want to live in the Stone Age. Um, they invented automatic transmission so that it would make driving much easier. Oh, I know. Cheaper. I have an automatic. I'm just saying, like, I know for, like, sports cars, yeah. you, you kind of want a stick shift. No. 
Yeah, yeah, you definitely do. I've, I've had Corvettes for 20 years. Do you think I ever owned a stick or learned how to drive a stick? Do you think I have any desire to learn well, how to I, Well, you know, you've owned Corvettes for years, but I don't see you the, you being that guy that's, like, racing up and down the highway. No, yeah. I'm not. Right. So. I'm not irresponsible. I'm not, not an overgrown child. See, I don't buy cars to impress anybody else. I don't buy cars, although I will say this, and I've talked about it on the air, although not in a long time because I'm not there driving, but back in the day when some punk would pull up next to me in his, uh, you know, in his Mustang GT, mm-hmm. and I'd be at the stoplight there. I'd leave him in the dust every time. Good. That's what you need to do. That's put, right. Put that punk in his place. Not because I want to show off to anybody, but just because that punk thinks he's hot, and he's drag racing me from the stoplight, and I just leave him in the dust, look in the rearview mirror, and laugh my ass off, and think, what a putz, what a punk, like that. That's great. Herman's Hermits. Also did that wonderful world. That's correct. Herman's Vermin. Peter Noon. They said he never showered and smelled real bad. Okay. Biggest names. The best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. Fill out your brackets for Hoops Hysteria online at WQAM. WQAM. Happy Friday to you. Well, we got our phone working now. What more could you want, right? Sure. And what was the prize? And again, you're doing the same thing. One more time. Sorry. One more time, and I'm just going to get up and walk out the door. Just wait till George comes back on Monday. I give him a rundown of the kind of behavior that you've been... And, of course, Cord is there. He's sitting there uh, probably writing hostile emails to uh, Brandon. Oh, you know Yeah, it. that's it. Scathing. He hasn't even uh, dignified you with any further response. Maybe he's actually working today. That, that would be something. Wouldn't that be something for some of these people to be working? Yes. So what was the deal? With the, it had to be reset the phone? Is yeah, all it was you just reset it, and that was it. Yeah. Reset it and forget it, like Ron Popeil would say, right? Reset it and forget it. Oh, baby, back ribs. Yeah, that, that guy that does the announcing on that one infomercial, he just, he sends me right to the bowl. Baby, back ribs. Sounds like his, his lips are going to fall off. You ever have that feeling like your lips were going to fall off? Well, not lately. No, I've had that. Paul Krugman writes in the New York Times today, Voodoo Health Economics. Elizabeth, Ed- Elizabeth Edwards has cancer. John McCain's had cancer in the past. Last weekend, Mrs. Edwards bluntly pointed out that neither one of them would be able to get insurance under Mr. McCain's health care plan. It's about time someone said that and more generally made the case that Mr. McCain's approach to health care is based on voodoo economics. Not the supply side voodoo that claims that cutting taxes increases revenues, though Mr. McCain says that too, but the equally foolish claim refuted by all available evidence that the magic of the marketplace can produce cheap health care for everybody. As Mrs. Edwards pointed out, the McCain health plan would do nothing to prevent insurance companies from denying coverage to those like her and Mr. McCain who have pre-existing medical conditions. The McCain campaign's response was condescending and dismissive, a statement that Mrs. Edwards doesn't understand the comprehensive nature of the senator's approach, which would harness the power of competition to produce greater coverage for Americans, reducing costs so that even people with pre-existing conditions could afford care. This is nonsense on multiple levels. For one thing, even if you buy the premise that competition will reduce health care costs, the idea that could cut costs enough to make insurance affordable for Americans with a history of cancer or other major diseases is sheer fantasy. Beyond that, there's no reason to believe in these alleged cost reductions. Insurance companies do try to hold down medical losses, the industry's term for what happens when an insurer actually ends up having to honor its promises by paying a client's medical bills, but they don't do this by promoting cost-effective medical care. Instead, they hold on cost by only covering healthy people, screening out those who really need coverage the most, which was exactly the point Mrs. Edwards was making. They also deny as many claims as possible, forcing doctors and hospitals to spend large sums fighting to get paid. 
and the international evidence on health care costs is overwhelming. The U.S. has the most privatized system with the most market competition, and it also has by far the highest health care cost in the world. Yet the McCain health care plan, actually a set of bullet points on the campaign's website, is entirely based on blind faith that competition among private insurers would solve all problems. I'd like to single out one of those bullet points in particular, the first substantive proposal Mr. McCain offers. The preceding entries are nothing but feel-good boilerplate. As I mentioned in past columns, the Veterans Health Administration is one of the few clear American success stories in the struggle to contain health care costs. Since it was reformed during the Clinton years, the VA has used the fact that it's an integrated system, a system that takes long-term responsibility for its clients' health, to deliver an impressive combination of high-quality care and low costs. It's also taken the lead of use of information technology, which has both saved money and reduced medical errors. Sure enough, Mr. McCain wants to privatize and, in effect, dismantle the VA. Naturally, this destructive agenda comes wrapped in the flag. America's veterans have fought for our freedom, says the McCain website. We should give them freedom to choose to carry their VA dollars to a provider that gives them the timely care at high quality and in the best location. That's a recipe for having healthy veterans drop out of the system, undermining its integrated nature and draining away resources. Mr. McCain then is offering a completely wrong-headed approach to health care, but the way the campaign for the Democratic nomination is unfolded raises questions about how effective his eventual opponent will be in making that point. Indeed, while Mrs. Edwards focused her criticism on McCain, she also made it clear that she prefers Hillary Clinton's approach, Senator Clinton's plan is a great plan, to Barack Obama's. The Clinton plan closely resembles the plan for universal coverage that John Edwards laid out more than a year ago. By contrast, Mr. Obama offers a watered-down plan that falls short of universality and would have higher costs per person covered. Worse yet, Mr. Obama attacked his Democratic rival's health plans using conservative talking points about choice and the evil of having the government tell you what to do. That's going to make it hard, if he is the nominee, to refute Mr. McCain when he makes similar arguments on behalf of such things as privatizing veterans' care. Still, health care ought to be a major issue in this campaign. I wonder if we'll have time to discuss it after we deal with more important subjects like bowling and basketball. Yeah, you only got 35 uh, 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 pins in the uh, seven frames. You see that? Bowling. Yep. And she challenged him to a bowling uh, bowl-off. That's the kind of silly crap. All these people are dying. It costs 80 bucks to fill up your gas tank. Nobody can afford health care. Uh, the, the economy's gone to hell in a handbasket. And we're worried about, well, is Obama a good bowler and a better basketball player? And is Swillery going to have a bowl-off? Did you see her last night on uh, Leno? No, I did not. I don't watch Leno. Do you think I would watch Leno? You're asking me that with a straight puss? <laughs> Well, I uh, watched it just to see what she said, and uh, one thing on there had me yelling at on the on the TV. Yeah. They were talking about, uh, like, what are they going to do about Michigan and Florida? And she's like, oh, well, you know, he had the chance to be on the Michigan ballot, but he took his name off. They all agreed to take their names off, That's and she's exactly the only what one. Her and little That's Dennis exactly didn't do it, just like in Florida. They all agreed not to campaign in Florida, and she's the only one that showed up. Bitch. Yep, Exactly. She made it sound like, oh, well, he just decided not to, you know, be... It's like, no. You all, the DNC decided. decided, the DNC told them not to participate and that they wouldn't count. But, you know, she wants, she's desperate. When yep. you're desperate, you say and do all kinds of things, you know? If you had sniper fire coming at you in Bosnia, man, you'd be uh, saying all kinds of crap, too. Running for the hills. If you were had to duck the sniper fire. Maybe that little girl was on the tarmac, maybe she was uh, shooting at her. Oh, she had another little kid story, too. Did she? Said, uh, I forget where it was, but she was somewhere, and she was, like, walking. And this little kid was, like, talking to her, so she leaned down because she couldn't hear him. And he's like, you know, my mommy's only making minimum wage, and thank you for, like, helping to raise minimum wage. But now they cut her hours. And he's, you know, and she's like, and it was so, it was so touching. And he's like, well, that's why I want to try and help your mommy and everyone like her, you know, try and help them out if I can become president. And I'm thinking, shut up. 
Here's Ray from a Maroney Dodge, who's a chronic, chronic faxer. Chronic. Sends this fax. And then this, remember yesterday we had that, uh, our, our poll guy, Sean. In fact, mm-hmm. I got it right here. Giving me a song to dance about slots or second only to Kino as being the worst. Thing. He, he's giving me a song to dance about what games I should play with my money. And I love Sean, and I appreciate all his polls, and he's a good guy, and he showed up at Gulfstream and chased those two uh, knuckleheads away. But I really don't take well when people start telling me how to live my life and what to do. I, t- I just don't deal well with that kind of crap. Like that jackass David on the MySpace thing. I blocked his ass. I got so sick and tired of that. All these condescending a-holes, man, who don't even know me. That's the best part. So here's what Ray says today. Why not become a snowbird and have the best of both worlds? During the cold Canadian winter, live and do the show from Florida. And during the hot, sticky Florida summer, live in Canada. And when you're working, do your show from up north. Just a thought, but why not? Why not? I don't wanna. That's why not. How do you like that? Is that a good reason? I don't wanna. If I wanted to be there, they would put a studio in my uh, home. They've already offered to do that. I don't want to. Well, I, I heard you're there. coming back. Yeah, that's that's what uh, they're spreading around a building, Jolly Joe. I had such a good time this last weekend that I'm coming back permanent. You mean you're not? You know something? If my only choice, th- this is the truth, and I've said it before. If my only choice of being alive was to have to be in South Florida the rest of my life, I would, I'd go on 441. Buy a gun and blow my brains out. If I absolutely had to be there. It might take you a while to get there because 441 is really backed up with construction. You hear what I just said? Yeah, I heard. That's why, Ray, because I don't want to. Why don't you, like, mind your own business, Ray, okay? I don't want to. I've been here seven and a half years, seven years plus, whatever it is. And I enjoy it. And the winters, you know, it was a brutal winter this winter. And you know something? I still survived. I still somehow survived. Weather isn't life. Weather isn't everything. If weather were everything, nobody would live up north. Isn't that true? Mm-hmm. Everybody would live like in the Sun Belt. And guess what? Most people don't. Most people live like in New York and Detroit and Boston and Chicago and places like that and Minneapolis, places up north, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia. Am I right about that? Yep. I mean, there's a lot of people live in L.A., but then again, you know, if you want to build your house on the side of a cliff and watch it float away in a mudslide, that's up to you or in an earthquake. Now, did Cordis leave or what? I'm here. Okay. Why are you just very noncommittal now? Well, okay. Now, is that is that sufficient to say I don't want to? Isn't that enough? Yeah. Well, guess what? You don't want to. You got it. Your biggest name. I don't want to, Ray. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QA. Bubbo 2 at 560 WQM. So anyway, here's uh, for Josh. I knew that uh, Brandon wouldn't leave you out of his Uh-oh. thoughts for long. Here's a message that says, while I eat a grilled chicken sandwich, I'm thumbing over some papers. <laughs> Big shot Cordis with the deep pockets using other people's money is affecting that poor bastard Chris. He was so quiet and stupid. What happened to him? Now he's spewing a lot of crap just like Cordis. Just not as stupid as some of the things Josh has said. I say put Josh out of his misery, put Chris with Joe Rose, and let's have you, George, and Zach with a trifecta. How do you like that, Chris? Now he's taking shots at you even. Oh, well. He's saying that uh, Josh Cordes is rubbing off on your ass. (laughs) No, come, no. (laughs) I guess that wasn't the most tactful way of putting it, was it? No, no, not really. Well, it it was cute. It's me. I'm, it was cute. I'm a cute old guy, you know. Who used to say that to me all the time? Oh, you're so cute. You're so... some old bag, you know. 
Really? You used to say that. Yeah, some bitch. She liked you. I beg your pardon? She must have liked you. No, not like you're thinking. No. Oh, yeah, maybe. I hope not. You sure? Wasting your time, honey. I forget who it was. Maybe that bull dyke Lynn Samuels. I don't know who said it. Or maybe it was uh, what's-her-name from the Herald. What's-her-name? I forget already. Oh, Norma's good friend. I wrote that article. Yeah. Um... Oh, I'm putting Neil on the market. Uh, what is her name? I don't remember. I forgot already. And that's good. That's a good thing. Out of sight, out of mind. That old Yenta. Remember after he gave her my, uh, after I made the bad mistake of giving her my cell phone number, mm -hmm. and she started texting me all the time with crap, you know. Oh, Swifty Schindler's dead. I do remember that one, Swifty. I worked with him for like two years. I never heard anybody call Irv Schindler Swifty. But nevertheless, everybody's got a nickname, you know. Like when I croak. Oh, that a-hole needle. Uh, or as Bob Eisenberg would say, that effing a-hole needle. Is he still there? Yeah. I can't believe that. that. That to me is he still got that pasty red hair piece? Huh? <laughs> that sounded like Geldy there for a second. <laughs> oh. Well, you're not still eating, are you? No, I'm done, man. Oh, good God. But I think Brandon's got a good point. Chris used to be like he he knew you know when to open up a mouth and you know and generally speaking. But now since you rubbed off on him, so to speak. He's just blurting out all kinds of inanities. It's just uh, not, not like him. Oh, man. Well, I apologize. This is oh, yeah. good. I'm, uh, I'm writing all this down because I want to do the show for Brandon, you know. What, what does that mean? We want to cater to Brandon's needs. Hey, at least, he, he, likes at least he responds on there, okay? At least he's there. Yeah, good point. That's right. I he, got two he's your P1, man. To me, the professor and Brandon. Other than that, the rest of those MySpace people, uh, I wouldn't wish most of them on Hitler, okay? They're like, uh, that, that whole thing, I don't want to keep repeating that, but I'm, I'm, I don't know what to say about it. What, MySpace? Yeah. Come on, you love it. No, I don't. Yeah, you're on there, okay? You're always on there. I see the online now. Yeah. So in other words, you're saying I'm on there now? I don't know about right now. but No, I'm not on there now. I'm on the poll, and I'm going to read the result. I guess the whole purpose is just to be as ornery as you possibly can, is that it? Which is fine with me. I don't. I don't like ass kissers. You know, I hate that. Can't stand it. I love Zach, but Zach is such a suck up. You know. What are you talking about? He is. Although I do like the fact that he uh, kind of, you know, he put his foot down about uh, being the executive producer and trying to get Joe to quit talking about the beast. Which he is right, man. Nobody wants to hear about the, the how the beast is going to die. If he if he wants to die from fat, that's his option, right? You have to free country, I'm, man. I'm all for Dr. Jack, man. Dr. Kavorki, and I'm all, all for him. The people, in fact, I think you guys ought to be feeding him, force feeding him. If he wants to croak from food, uh, you don't know, have not? to. He force feeds himself. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like me. Do I blame anybody else for the fact that I go over there and get tubs of ice cream across the street? I get that liter of uh, Scores, uh, Briar Score ice cream? No, nobody forces me to do it. Yeah, but you're over there pricking your finger. I mean, you're watching your blood sugar. What word did you just say? Huh? Oh, finger. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. What, what does that mean? I'm watching my blood sugar. My blood sugar I mean, has at been least terrible for like, for like eight months. My blood sugar has been horrible. Uh, all right. Well, there oh, you for go. eight months. At least you're keeping track. Though. See the board. At least you're keeping track. down there for a while. When was that? When like you know you started having like the hot dogs and taking your pills. And I went down for a good day or two. Because <laughs> we were talking about it on the air. So big American potty. Oh big potty. my God! You are more than I can handle. And the two of you together, that's more than anybody should have to handle.
Anyway, if I had the time, I would learn blank. This is our new pool. Now, you know something? We had 851, and now we got 171. So what is that up to? 1,022 or over 1,000. See, there's a method of my madness on a Friday, no right. And Fridays are notoriously the weakest listening day of the week. Can we have a can we have a million votes again? Like I was listening the other day. No. Oh, why? Because I'm on the show. Oh, was Zach on when we did that? I think yeah. So, okay, yeah. at the ass end of the show, Eric, put a million votes on. How about like two million or something? Yeah, put two million on. Whatever you want, I don't care. Put fifty million on. What do I care? <laughs> In fact, that's what we should have done when the when the numbers came out. I should have just made them up. Oh, look at that! We had a fourteen share. Oh my God! Like that. And although I think if you add them all together, we might add a 14 share, all the day parts. No, just under that. I, look, as long as they got spots on the log, although a lot of these are uh, trades. You know, a lot of these are that marketing architects that uh, trade for all the... Uh, that's what? right, that's right. Why? It's our dirty little secret. No, it's not. It's no secret. A lot of these are trade-outs. Oh, my God, today especially. Well, it's Friday, you know. Plus, uh, the economy has gone to hell in a handbasket. We're in a depression. Thank you, Mr. President, for the depression. If I had the time, I'd learn another language, 66, 65. I'd learn German. I'd probably be good at learning that because I know Yiddish, you know, a little bit. Scheiße. Ach, du lieber. Hackmanisch kein Scheinig. Isn't that German? Sure. Kaxachois. I'd learn to play an instrument if I had the time, 28. More about investing, 13. Scuba diving, 10. Well, they want to learn more about investing. Let's go to the gambling channel. What do you say? Go play power slot. Lunch. Throw up your power lunch. Subsidize Rick, something. Rick, it's easier we, to buy it. Yeah. Right. Rick, can we both agree two things? One is that the yields that were out there were absolutely S&P is up two. The Dow is down nine. And the Nasdaq's up seven and a half points. Go talk with Lenny Dykstra. What about Lenny Dykstra? He's like a stock market maven these days. Oh, is he really? Yeah. Him and Rick Riley. You ever see the two of them together? Same guy. Same mentality. The TSX is up 123.7. The Toronto stock, uh, wow. What's going on here? And oil is down to $105.45 a barrel. What a bargain. Let's go out and roll out the barrel, baby. I want to see how the loony is doing. The loony and the euro. So that on Josh's next trip to Europe... Oh, Zach has been in Amsterdam. Boy, he's got one up on you on that. Has he really? Yeah. Yep. Son of a bitch. He was talking about uh, peeing in the outdoor toilets there. I'm go Listen, I'm going soon, man. I'm a single guy. Real, you better go real soon because they're cleaning it up, man. They're sanitizing it. Look, just because you can't take magic mushrooms there anymore. Well, excuse me. You, you can, but they're just illegal now. Doesn't mean that they're cleaning it up. Let me say it again. They are cleaning it up. They're closing in down. I an article on it a few weeks ago. They're closing down big parts of the red light district. Come on. Yes. The red light district. They're closing it. I said they're closing down major portions of it, what does and that they're mean? sanitizing the city like they did in Copenhagen. Oh, the euro is uh, the uh, Canadian loonie is 99.15, and the euro is a disastrous 157.31, almost a buck sixty. Thank you, Mr. President, for destroying the American economy. Even Mr. Whipple wouldn't wipe his ass with the U.S. dollar. How do you like that? Even if it had aloe in it. By the way, were you aware of the fact that they make uh, toilet paper with aloe? Yes. You were? Well, yeah. It's in the I commercials. Heard such a thing. Aloe on your ass? Yeah. Well, it's highly recommended by Zach and Chris. They were peddling that the last two days. Aloe toilet paper. Nice and soft. Mmm. Not too soft. You don't want that debris no, you don't in want there. Really you don't really want either. Klingons. No, not at all. He disappeared. 
<laughs> yeah. I got Klingons, all right. Believe me. I know about Klingons. Anyway, I'm not going to read the rest of the poll because you guys, you, you took away my, you know, I had some momentum going away. You took away the big mo. Oh, so oh, yeah, it's all right. That's okay. Before you know it, it'll be 2 o'clock, and the weekend will be here. We'll have the uh, jerk show at 2 o'clock, and here, though, now, what's that? I want to hear that music again one more time. Where do, where do you have that? There it is. Ah. Uh. Mm. Today, mm. on the Friday edition. Are you making fun of jerks now? No, I was just doing my impression. Yeah. Uh, I like Friday edition of the jerk show. Here's the heat stats. They suck, they lose, they blow. The biggest names. The best talent. He's doing it, baby. Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. Speaking of beef jerky, by the way, I don't see them too much anymore. Slim Jims? Do you ever eat Slim Jims? Yeah, they're around. Uh huh. I'm sure that Zach has because all of us fat people have tried that. Am I? Am I right? Yep. Everyone's tried a Slim Jim. But I was thinking the other day when I went to the convenience store, and I, when I went in there, my mind was blank. In other words, I just wanted a snack. You know what I mean? I wanted a little something, something. And all everything in there is carbohydrates. Right. Can't we have something? That's what? Something that's just no carb. Beside that beef jerky crap. You know, that's the, that stuff is like chewing on cardboard. I don't mind it, though. Like everyone I do. In a while. I do mind it. Hmm. I think we need, I think there needs to be a major lawsuit. And I think whoever would invent some product like that, it would make a zillion dollars. Because even though Atkins is dead and his diet, you know, isn't what it used to be, and the Atkins, the people that took over that thing just destroyed it. The Atkins Foundation, whoever the hell those a-holes were. Mm-hmm. I'm going to set it. Well, that's something that we can't say that anymore, that we can't say almost anything. See, generally speaking, as evolution takes place, we evolve from you know one place to another, right. and we become more progressive and open-minded and less uptight and less restricted and less censored and like more, you know, like anything. Not, not now. Mm-mm. Not in Zion America, baby. We can't say anything. We can't even fart. We can't even poop our pants without somebody getting all whipped up about it. By the way, I did not check in the uh, tea room at the uh, Hilton Hotel to see if my underwear was still there. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're probably gone. And once they're gone... You were right, though. Chris chastised me. Was it you or was it Zach? This, uh, I should have taken those and put dispensed them properly and me. put them in. Wow. You're right. Well, you know. I, ju- I just didn't want to touch them, don't you understand? I just wanted to get them off of my body and throw them in the corner, and, and that's it. Be done with them. I understand. Do you? You weren't in your right frame of mind at the time, so. <laughs> Especially with those tie shoes. With laces. Yeah, it doesn't go Velcro. Again, no, people that wear Velcro are old people. Let me say it again. I'm an old people, okay? I'm not going to apologize for living to 65, okay? I'm an old fart. Would I rather be like 35? You bet. Would I rather be 25? Oh, yeah. But it ain't going to happen. So I wear New Balance shoes with Velcro instead of with laces. I don't like laces. Okay. Do you? Do you have shoes with laces? Like my New Balance have laces. Like the shoes I wear to work are just like slip-on. Yeah, there you go. Like loafers. No, not loafers. There are a lot of loafers in that building. I'll say. But uh, no, just comfortable shoes, man. Just regular old black slip-on shoes. What do you mean slip on? How do they? Uh... Like they're like Timberlands, you do, but there's no laces or anything. They're they're Timber, like... Tinkerbell, huh? 
There's no laces, mm-hmm. so they're like they're like loafers then. Uh, I guess you know when you say loaf <laughs> when you say loafers, I think penny loafer. You know what I mean? Like no, not with pennies in them. Yeah, there there I'm are sorry. penny loafers that had the penny in, which went out with the uh, white bucks. Right, that's what I think when I hear loafers. So sorry about that. No, loafers are shoes that don't have laces or Velcro. That, that they, they have to be shoes have to be something. Right. You know what I'm saying? I got it. And if, and if they fit on your feet and they don't have laces or Velcro to hold them on, then they must be some kind of loafer. That's right. I'm just loafing yeah, around Chris, here. Chris, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Josh evidently needs some shoe etiquette training. Well, I, I guess mean, I, I do. I never, I, I have to agree with him. When I think of loafers, I think of, like, you know, the, the dress shoe penny loafers. So. Yeah, and those are just, oh. Gosh. Yeah. Maybe you're thinking they're like a little gay. Like that. Definitely a little gay in the penny loafer. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Paco here, man, he's got more. He could uh, hook you up. He's got more shoes than most shoe stores. I'm all set. I like my. I don't know what that's all about. Is that a gay thing? I guess. Yes. Is it? Yeah. Because I'm a hetero male and uh, I have three pairs of shoes. Oh, I got you beat on that. Although most of the ones I got around like old and worn out. You know, I've got. I basically got two pair. I got my new, brand new New Balance, and then I got those ones with the laces that I hate. Dress shoes, you know. Yeah. Hate them. Well, dress shoes you never wear. I wore them last night to Ruth Chris. Look at you. you well, that's because I get talked into it, man. I, I, I get instructions on some of these things. I have to look human when I go to a fancy place. <laughs> that's right. I wear a long sleeve dress shirt, and I wear those those pants, by the way, came out great. I know that Chris is very worried about my pantaloons. Well, that's good. Your knickers? No, not my knickers. The ones that had a little accident a couple of weeks ago, but... Listen, well, next time, you go into Ruth, next time you go to Ruth's Chris, just rock the Velcro. I told him last night to hold the butter, please. Are you kidding me? No butter, no. Well, uh, I mean, are you kidding uh, me? A lot of people do that. No, I'm getting on you. That's okay? what kills them. And I'm not even a fat guy, but how, how do you do that? How do you do what? How do you hold the butter? Like, what do you, what do you go there for? You, you go there to get a fillet with sizzling butter, no? No. No. The steak was sizzling and it was delicious without the butter, okay, oh. Mr. Hotshot? And at Ruth Chris, they broil their steaks at very high temperatures, ah. which is why they are so juicy and sizzling. Yeah, I know, but... <clears throat> and the butter, by the way, they add after. The waiter told me this last night. <clears throat> they add the butter after they're through uh, uh, broiling it. But it's the sizzle, man. Yeah, sizzle your ass, okay? Get out of here. I wasn't going to go through that experience again. They're, they're always glad to hold the butter. Hey, but at least now you know where the bathroom is. I, no, I know where the bathroom in Ruth Chris is, yes. No, 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 let's not go there again, okay? It was the bathroom in the Hilton Hotel. I was already out of the restaurant, thank God. Can you even imagine? Oh, my God. <laughs> because they're always happy to see us in there because they're regular customers. But if I would have had that accident inside the joint there, they'd, oh, there's the guy that pooped his pants. Oh, my God, everybody run for the door, you know, like that. They would have thought that I left my bag home or something like that. Carl Rowe, former Deputy White House Chief of Staff, says he's always been intimidated by First Lady Laura Bush and that he has lived in fear of erstwhile First Lady Barbara Bush for 37 years. That old bitch. Laura Bush intimidates me, Rowe tells GQ magazine, interview for its May edition. All the Bushes, well, most of the Bush men marry incredibly strong women, and they all intimidate me, he said, which I would say. You fair. Yeah. Exactly. Carl Rowe, who are you fooling? You screaming queen. Well, speaking of that, Ali Felching on CNN. Speaking of screaming queens. Rove even found the grandmotherly wife of the previous President Bush scary. Barbara Bush, I've lived in fear for 37 years, he said. He seems less afraid of Clinton, giving a very frank assessment of the candidate and her campaign, which he says has been badly managed. 
Calling Swillery fatally flawed, Rove said many voters perceive her as a phony. You know, she went through the period where she had the calculated laugh. She went through the period where she had the calculated accents. And you build that on top of a person who already has a reputation that anything she says is calculating, Rove said. That's what her problem is. It's not her only problem, according to the secretive man. Some say manipulated the media and ousted former CI, outed former CI operative Valerie Plame. She also has a sense of entitlement that can annoy people, he said. You know, the sense of this is mine, I deserve it. We're the Clintons, this is ours. And I think that caused a lot of people to say, you know what, it's not yours. And do we really want to go back to the 90s when I said a lot of respects? Do we really want to go back to all that drama for your mama? And this business about we did this and we did that, she was married to the president, that's all. That was her claim to fame. It's not, she wasn't even in the Senate then. And yet we did this and we did that. You didn't do squat. Maybe you did do a little squat. Or maybe if you would have squatted more, you might have been better off. But the former Republican official adds that Barack Obama is getting off easy in this campaign. I don't think they hold him to the same standard, said Rove. Former Senate Minority Leader Tom Daschle said Rove's criticism is an indicator of Clinton's success. I would take Karl Rove's criticism as a badge of honor, Daschle, Daschle quipped in 2007. You're not a good Democrat unless you've been criticized by Karl Rove at least once, he said. Thank you, Karl. Do it again. Screw it again. Carl, you phony, you Nazi. But we're worried about bowling, man. Don't you think that's an important badge of honor? Maybe they'll have, you know, Nixon used to have a bowling alley in the White House. Um, did not know that. Yeah. There's not maybe one still there. Maybe they can bring it back. Maybe if uh, Swillery wins, or maybe if either one of them wins, they can have the bowl off right there in the White House bowling alley. Put it on pay-per-view. Yeah. And, of course, uh, Swillery, she can bring the balls. Make no mistake about that. Now, are you as offended by her as the rest of us are or not, Josh? Um, well, you know where I stand on politics these days, but, but yeah, uh, she's, uh, she's nothing special, that's for sure. Divisive, cold, shrill, and annoying. Other than that, <laughs> dynamite. The best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. Fill out your brackets for Hoops Hysteria online at WQAM.com. In the air, jams it all. A monster dunk. Make your picks for the final four. Hoops Hysteria. Log on and play. A presentation of Sports Radio 560. It's 1232 at 560 WQM. Unlike, uh, was it yesterday? I guess it was yesterday. The show dragged. I don't know what. It just seemed like I was here for 100 hours. Remember that, Chris? I thought it went kind of pretty good yesterday. I'm not saying it didn't go well. I'm just saying it seemed long, man. Really long. Effing ponderous. Hmm. Today seems to be zipping right along. Probably because Josh is with That's us. right. I was just going to say, man. I'm just, yeah, uh, no doubt. I make it fun for you, you know? Yeah. You make it an event. Brent Podowski in the Smirking Chimp writes, Don't blame Howard Dean. He says, Howard Dean isn't the tallest tree in the force of national politics, but it's bogus for political insiders to blame the Democratic mess on him. There is one harsh criticism I would have of Dean. He should be speaking far more loudly against attacks that are so destructive they clearly help John McCain. Howard Dean didn't cause the mess and doesn't have the power to win it, and many with far more power than Dean have remained weak, silent, and irrelevant. Weak, silent, and irrelevant. Dean doesn't control 300 superdelegates who lack the minimum political courage to even take a stand supporting a candidate and have the presumption and pomposity to publicly consider whether highly unpopular political insiders should score in the will of the people in primaries and caucuses. Whereas Al Gore has had nothing to say of even minimal import in presidential politics, though he positions himself as a political and moral statesman. 
Where's John Edwards with his interminable invitations to candidates to solicit his support and then his interminable leaks of these meetings and his interminable leak commentary about why this or that candidate is not worthy of his support? The list of suspects who deserve blame for the Democratic fiasco is longer than Agatha Christie's list in Murder on the Orient Express. Howard Dean may be weak, but what's even more pathetic and weak is that those who could have far more influence have lacked the courage and stature to act while they whisper sweet nothings to the New York Times, blaming Dean for their own lack of courage and common sense. boy, Brent. You go, baby. He's doing it. What is Swillery? Public service. And even though, as originally drafted... As originally drafted... Dr. King, or me, either... Women and African Americans were left out of America's founding promises. There you go. So let's vote for Barack, baby. Isn't that what she's about to say? Yeah. I mean, it seems to me Martin Luther King Jr., 40 years ago today, he was assassinated. We're celebrating the memory of all the things he did. So let's put the black guy in there, is what I'm thinking, Swillery. What do you say to that, bitch? I mean, honey. 214 votes on the second poll. That means we've got a bunch. 851 and 214 is what? 1,075. We're going to have over 1,100 day on a Friday. On a Friday. And that's because Josh Cordes is here no matter what Brandon says. That's right. I think we'll have like 2 million votes by the end of the show. I wouldn't be surprised if Eric gets on the stick. Now, speaking of the stick, you guys don't use uh, stick deodorant, do you? What do you mean? What do you use? Spray? Yeah, spray. Like right guard, uh, sport, uh, whatever the hell they call it. No, that's terrible. No, I you definitely use a stick. Yeah. You guys stick it? Yeah, that's right. The stick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's smarmy, man. It's like, uh, ooh. I, I got one. I got one in the other room, but I never use it. I got one in the bat room. Sorry. I'm not sorry. It's like sticky. It doesn't feel, you know, if you use a spray, a nice good spray like Right Guard, you're, you, you don't even know it. You, you feel good all day. Uh, well, I'm not sure what uh, the sticks you've tried, but I mean, the ones nowadays, you don't even know they're on. Yeah. Well, what, what does that mean? You don't know they're on. You put it on, it dries. It's not like sticky or anything. Let, like that. Hang on a second. Let me just go in the other room. Oh boy, what? Be good. he's going to get the spray, probably. No, no. Oh, he's going to get his, his whatever the stick. Oh, the stick. Is. Okay, I see. I I, I got to go with the stick. Yeah, I use the ones the where it, like it's it's a white stick, but when it goes on, clear. Oh, I don't like the white. I like the clear, but I, the the spray just don't work. Yeah, to me, yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like you'll got you'll have bo by like mm-hmm. three p.m. if you use the spray. But I guess Neil doesn't put it on until two. I smell great. I look like crap. Oh, what is this? Something happened to this stuff. Oh, uh oh. Oh no. Ah. That's why you don't use it. I mean, it's been in there a while. It's like mung. It's got mung on it. (laughs) I mean, like all the stuff came out on the. It's not supposed to be on top like that, is it? Uh, I don't know. Oh. God. Let me let me wipe it off. Oh. There we go. Well, you know how, like, uh, the stuff rose to the top, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know how that works? I don't even know how the hell this damn thing works. On the bottom, you just kind of turn it, and the goo comes out. Oh, you tear Well, the goo was already out, and it was getting mushy, you know? Because yeah. I haven't used this in a long time. Hmm. I don't think there's much goo left in there. Maybe that was the problem. There you go. I'm, I'm turning the knob on the bottom, and I can see because it's clear. It's right guard. And I can see there's not much in there. Nothing's happening. Let me let me smear it though. There's enough on the top that I can smear it on my pits. And let's see if I stink by two o'clock. Okay. Smell, it smells good. I'll tell you that. It smells like a manly smell. That's you know? right. That's right. Fresh right guard sport. That's right. It'll stay there. 
Right Guard Sport Gel. Okay, I'm putting that thing over there, and if it's good, I'm going to go out and buy me a new one that's not like all mung, you know. Like so do you that. use the Right Guard Spray as well? Yes. Okay. And what do you mean as well? That's all I use. I don't use this thing. If I use this thing, you think all that mung would be on there? I use old school deodorant. You remember Mitchum? I think we're going to say use old spice. If you if you told me you no, no. old spice, do, I would do, vomit. You heard of Mitchum? Yeah. Yeah, I use that. In the dark green uh, thing? Yeah, that's right. Old school, man. Ancient school, Mitchum. Remember Robert Mitchum? He was a drunk. <laughs> he was in the first Cape Fear and did a really great job. Robert Mitchum. Good actor, a real drunk, and a nasty guy, they said. A real bastard. By the way, both of those movies were really good. Did you see the new one, too? Cape Fear? Yes. Uh, I'm trying to think of who was in the newer one. De Niro. Uh, De Niro. De Niro. Yeah, I've seen it. The other first one was much better. Um, I like both of them a lot. Let me say it again. You asked my opinion. I'll tell you again. I thought the first one with Robert Mitchum was much, much better. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, who else was in the first one with him? Who played the, um, oh, it wasn't God. Jimmy Stewart, was it? I don't know. Huh? I'll Google it. Can you Google it? Can you IMDB it? Kate Fear, the Robert Mitchum one. I'm trying to think who the guy was. Gregory was Peck. Like. Greg ah, Gregory Peck. See, I said Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart was too uh, namby-pamby to be in a movie like that. You know who else Gregory is in it? Gregory Peck. Who's that? Uh, Kojak. Telly Savalas was in it? Yep. Private Detective Charles Seavers. Private Dick? Jack yeah. Crucian. And we were just talking about the deodorant. Robert Mitchum is in this movie. Man, that's what I just said. He's a little slow, don't worry about it. That's what I've been saying. Robert Mitchum was in the That's where that came from. Sorry. Well, you are. Wow. <laughs> he, he's thinking Woo! about Friday already. <laughs> too much booze and too much strange, oh, baby. I wish. Wow. <laughs> Edward Slatter.
Life magazine described the Nobel Peace Prize winner as a communist pawn who advocated abject surrender in Vietnam. The Washington Post couldn't have been more patronizing. King has diminished his usefulness to his cause, to his country, and to his people, they said. When King's moral voice moved beyond racial discrimination to international issues, the New York Times attacked his efforts to link the civil rights and anti-war movements. King's sermons on Vietnam could get as angry as those of Barack Obama's ex-pastor, a pastor. God didn't call America to engage in a senseless, unjust war. We've committed more war crimes almost than any other nation in the world, he said. In 1967, King was also criticizing the economic underpinnings of U.S. foreign policy, raiding against capitalists of the West, investing huge sums of money in Asia, Africa, and South America, only to take the profits out with no concern for the social betterment of the countries. Today, capitalists of the West reap huge profits from their domination of global media. Thankfully, we now have the Internet and independent media outlets where King's later speeches are available for the ages. If King had survived to hear the war drums beating for the invasion and occupation of Iraq, amplified by TV networks and the New York Times front page and the Washington Post editorial page, there's little doubt where he'd stand or how loudly he'd be speaking out. And there's little doubt how big U.S. media would have reacted. On Fox News and talk radio, King would have been Dixie-chicked or Reverend Wrighted. In corporate centrist outlets, he'd have been marginalized faster than you can say Noam Chomsky. One suspects King would be marveling at the rise of Barack Obama and the multiracial movement behind him. But would he be happy with Obama and other Democratic leaders who heaped boundless billions into the biggest military budget in world history? In 1967, King denounced the Democratic-controlled Congress for fattening the Pentagon budget while cutting anti-poverty programs, declaring a nation that continues year after year to spend money on military defense than on programs of social uplift is approaching spiritual death. boy, Jeff. Jeff Coney writes some good crap. Makes a hell of a pizza, too. How's he doing, by the way, Ponytail? We seen him lately? Not. Not recently, no. No, of course not. I just mentioned that in passing. I don't want to start a whole big thing about our sales department because, you know, well, what's the point? It's like rehashing old crap over and over again, like my mother used to do. Over and over. Um, what's the point? Am I right? You bet. 234. Sometimes I feel like I'm talking to myself. That's why I answer my own questions, you know. I no, make a here. lot of rhetorical questions, and I answer them myself. Even though you're both there. Or are we? Yeah, you are. You better be. You better be at 2 o'clock. Your ass better be sitting in that chair. I don't want to hear no spy report on Monday. Oh, well, Cordis left at 140 because he's uh, diddling with our uh, website, the QM website. What are you talking about? Paul Joe Rose. Why wouldn't I do that? Why, why wouldn't you do what? Why wouldn't I be here till 2? In case you wanted to be a slacker. That's all. we got a lot of slackers at QAM. Never. The engineers. You saw, you saw it yourself this morning. I did. We needed assistance, baby. We needed some assistance. And what did we get? We got like, and then finally Steph. Steph, who's a real engineer, by the way, he's a good guy. I've never met him, but George speaks very highly. Very good guy. Great guy, a real engineer. He knows his crap. He cares. He gives a crap. He even actually, I think, likes the show a little bit. Probably not. No, he doesn't. Maybe a little. Does he? Yeah. He would have really liked the show back when we had the show. Remember when we had the show? Yeah, I remember back then. Well, when Josh worked on it, it was like a lot different than it is today. Yeah. Am I right? It was so great. Everything, <laughs> everything worked, right? I'm not talking about engineering-wise. I'm talking about the show, you schmuck. Right. Good times, man. Yeah, we had some good times. Even, what's her name? Esther Roll never had good times like those. Although I think we had better times on IOD. I know I had much better times on Zeta. On FM, like on a 100,000 watt signal, that you didn't go <laughs> like that when you're on 441. We have some signal issues, but nevertheless. See, and, and that's another thing. When we look at these ratings and we see how, I look at the QM numbers and I think to myself, 
Boy, it wasn't that long ago when our cumulus used to be like 130,000. How can a cumulus be like 61 or 65,000? I mean, that, that's nothing. But then you stop and you analyze, you, you put your nose to the grindstone, you stick it in there, and you realize the changing nature of the medium. Radio is a shadow. I, I don't care about all these NAB and all these executives. Oh, radio is as strong as ever. Bullcrap. Of course it's not. You got your people with their MP3 players. You got music coming out of your ass now, man. They got their radio coming out of every pore in their body. They got entertainment. Yes. Am I right? Yeah. Not to mention satellite radio. Not to mention, you know, on the actual show itself, we can't, you know, do what we want to uh, do. Of course. That's right. That's right. Plus, the, add on to that the FCC limitations and the Joyce limitations and the Jolly Joe limitations and the Clarence limitations. And we're, we're, we're playing with about a tenth of a deck. We've got about, I don't know, five cards. Speaking of playing cards, are you still vehemently opposed to the slots? Did we discuss that on Monday? I forget. Um, it's not for me. But your buddy there won ten grand at uh, Hard Rock, didn't he? One pull. One pull. He pulled it. He pulled it, and he won ten G's. Wow! And they gave him a room. Well, send me his picture. Maybe if he pulls it, I'll give him ten G's. <laughs> Is that all it takes? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's all it takes. I don't know. Find out. That's Talk to your boy lot. Brandon. He'll help you out. Oh wow! I think that was a shot. I thought we weren't doing the show for Brandon. I'm sorry. I thought you as executive... Uh, you know uh, what? I'm better than I'm better ...were giving that. me uh, instructions, don't do the show just for Brandon. He, he responded to that, but I just ignored it. Oh, did he? I, I just... Because I know the two of you guys hate each other like poison. And, of course... I, I don't hate the guy. That's the way love I, I, I is. That's the way love is, man. It's that forbidden love. It's like I said this morning. Mm-hmm. You're right. It's a love-hate relationship. It's, it's, it's like me, it's it's like like me in South Florida. Love, right? I, I love and they hate. Or is it the other way around? I don't know. Move back yeah, down. Why don't you do the best of both worlds, Neil, and come here in the wintertime? Be, be a, a snowbird. snowbird. I don't want to be a snowbird, <laughs> although I do qualify now for the early bird dinner. I don't, I don't see any early bird dinners here. I'm sure they must have some uh, someplace where they got them. But you have, you have uh, a Morrison's up there? there like, what? You have a Morrison's cafeteria? No, we don't have no Morrison's, <laughs> and neither do you. I think they're gone, aren't they? Actually, yeah, I think they are. And once they're gone, forget about it. We got Piccadilly, though. Do you still have Piccadilly? I see them every occasionally. Yeah, you know, actually, some of those places weren't too bad. And, you know, one of the things that they had that was really, 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 really good, macaroni and cheese. Mm, God, do I love And you know something? It's a good thing I don't eat it very often. Yeah, I'll say. You'd have a lot more of those Hilton Hotel uh, experiences. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about my blood sugar and my fat. And oh. I am so fat. I look, in fact, if I turn sideways here and look back in the mirror. Oh. Oh, do you know something? Not that bad. Not good. <laughs> not as bad, not as grotesque as I thought it would be. I mean, you're really fat when you can't stand to see yourself. You know what I mean by that? What do you mean? When you can't stand to see yourself naked, then you know you're gro really grotesque. It's like, it's like when you can't stand the smell of your own fart. That must be pretty bad. It's like the way I smelled when I had that experience at uh, the Hilton a couple weeks ago. I'm not exaggerating. I don't want to, it's still lunch hour. I don't want to get too graphic, but I smelled so bad. I, I couldn't stand it. I didn't want to get in the elevator with myself. But I had no choice. Now the cars okay? Huh? There's no residual smell in the car or anything? No, there is not. Okay, Although right. Paco was very concerned about Oh, you pooped in my car. But no, I did not poop in your car, okay, Schmidthead. My life is so complex now, you know what I mean? It's very complicated. 
But the good okay. thing is I'll get up at 4.35 in the morning tomorrow. I'll hop in the Pontiac, and I'll head off to Woodbine. 5 o'clock in the morning? Yeah, there's nobody there. Jesus. Because people are, like, you know, sleeping. I, I do well there on the weekends. I've done extraordinarily well, and that's because, no, well, that's right, they're sleeping. Even the, even the late-night Friday night crowd, or on Sunday morning, the late-night Saturday night crowd, they're gone, man, by that time. They're tapped out, they're passed out, they're drunk, they're whatever, and they're in the sack. So, wait, you go to the casino when nobody's there? On the weekends, yeah. I mean, like the other night when I went there, there whatever time it was, there was people there. I had to wait for the machine, and I got a good machine line. And I had enough judgment enough judgment to realize that was the paying machine. I went back to it and got the two grand on the line. I mean, people that think it's just all blind luck, sure, most of it is. But once in a while, and I've told you this before, if you use a little bit of observation, if you use a little bit of ingenuity and you sneak back onto a machine that's paying, that can be the jackpot machine line. And yeah. it was for me the other day. How do you like that? But don't you understand the beauty of going in when there's nobody there? You can p try all the different machines and see which one is spinning and paying. And you know, you no. don't you understand that? No. You don't? No. That's How is like it possible that's like me so going to Vegas and at like four in the morning when I decide to go play blackjack. I'm like, oh, there, there's probably nobody in the casino right now. Let me go play. Blackjack is a different. You need other people to be playing blackjack. We don't need, well, at least, but at least you, you need the you dealer. You want, yes. You, you need the dealer. You, see, you're talking about a social event. I don't want a social event. When I'm playing slots, I'm not interested in socializing. I'm interested in maybe winning some money or at least having a good time, having a, a chance for my money. Like it would buy. Most of the times they give you a shot. If, if, if the machines are all dead for a period of time, get up and go play something else. Go play with yourself. Get out of there. Know what I'm saying? Gotcha. But Josh makes it sound like, oh, you go when there's nobody there. You need some scenery, don't you? A little something. Hey, I got news for you, man. There is some good scenery in that place. Trust me. Biggest name. Give your last help me to have Angelina Jolie locked down in your basement. Don't hurt my dog. I'll do it, man. Don't hurt pressure. I'll hurt your dog, mister. It puts the dog in the basket. 103 at 560 WQM. There's no question that uh, since those 40 years ago that Martin Luther King was assassinated, we've made tremendous progress. Look at the expansion in the NBA in pro football. That's right. I mean, who the hell are they kidding, man? This is the racist, hateful, it's just the way it is, you know? Oh, well, the fact that, now look at that, there's the pool. Is America ready for a black president? 76% say yes. That's the newest pool. In December, it was like 67%. So there is some progress. But, of course, he's half white. We don't know which half. You think that makes a difference? No. 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 Anyway, guess who I just got a MySpace email from? You will pee your pants. Oh, boy. Well, not you so much, but Chris will. Let Ooh. me give you a clue. Paul Meister. Oh, um, I just forgot his name now. Come on. Yeah, oh. B. B. Uh, yeah, um. Wow, I totally forgot his name. Willie B? No. Charlie B? Yeah, that's it. That's it. It says, God, I'm barely back in the country a week from two months over in Europe on business pleasure, and you're trashing me on today's show. That's right. And deservedly so. Why didn't you tell us that you were going over to Europe so we would have known something? Looks like you've had plenty of others submitting polls since I've been away. Well, I don't have another stroke. I'll send George some more on Monday. Ha! <laughs> oh! Okay, Charlie, I'm going to try to stay calm. 
By the way, I gave you those GD sandwich uh, filler poles because you're always gabbing about food on the show. Food makes for interesting talk. Right. Everybody eats sandwiches, right? Of course, right, says Charlie B. So everybody's got their own preference, bread, filler, you name it. Uh, yeah. We haven't done the uh, kind of uh, the, the holder, though, yet, have we? Rye bread, pita bread. No. I thought everybody would like to weigh in on their favorites. Nothing wrong with those polls, but, hey, it's your call. He said, we did them. We put them up there. We were, we were willing to, uh, you know, suffer the embarrassment. I sent you and George a total of 354 polls over the last two and a half years. That's what my computer count reads. One thing I've never done in two and a half years is bother you by hectoring you about what topics I should submit. Maybe if I did, then I could send you more that you like. Oh, well. So I send one freaking sandwich poll and never hear the end of it. Jeez, he says, jeez. He said, take it in personal. How do you like that? Jeez, Polly. Polly? You're taking it personal. Polly won't see him no more. I'm trying to find that. I found it. You're taking this very personal. Yeah. It says, by the way, congrats on the news about the re-upping. Although I was hoping Norm could find you a spot at a real radio station, QAMB on December. Come on, you really want to do that? Last thing I heard before I left, you were being offered to deal with a gay radio network. Guess that was a joke, huh? Yeah, Charlie, you're a little bit slow. The whole thing was a joke. It was a silly, silly joke. But nevertheless, Charlie's a little slow. But welcome back, Charlie. And you know what? You're taking us very personal. Right. Hey, just think, he has two months off where uh, he could be thinking of all these new polls. Blue Cobras, he sleeps with the fishes. Now, let's argue about that again. Now, you didn't send me one copy of that. Uh, he sent it to you six times, and Josh didn't send me one copy of that fax. Well, it was kind of, uh, I mean, you know. Kind of what? All right, listen, every fax that comes through, I'm going to send it your way, okay? No, not if it's from some crank or quack. No, no. We, hey, I they're coming listen, at you. Listen to me. I asked him yesterday to send a fax and apologize. Well, I didn't happen to hear that. Because he was a hard ass, and he kept insisting, "Oh well, here's a, it's definitely is a Tessio." Look brass, he sleeps with the fishes. And he almost had me convinced there for a second. He was so damn yeah, you were close. About it. And he was such a hard ass, you know. And George and I have already been through this. We already checked the dialogue online, but you know you can never do it too many times. Look brass, he sleeps with the fishes. Clemenza, baby, big fat Clemenza. I love that scene where he's making the, he's showing Michael how to make the sauce, you know, how to cook for a hundred men. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. First, you shove in the sausages and the meatballs, a little wine, sugar. And Sonny says, cut the crap. Remember that? Yes. Look brass, he sleeps with the fishes. Cut the crap. Passengers flying into Fort Lauderdale from Newark, New Jersey, with any hope of arriving on time, should avoid JetBlue Flight 515, says the Sun Sentinel. Not just like today or any specific day, any day. The airline's last flight of the day from Newark International has the worst single on-time record of any flight in the country. According to a report released yesterday by the U.S. Department of Transportation, the 8.50 p.m. flight, which is scheduled to arrive at 11.49 in Fort Lauderdale, was late 100% of the time. <laughs> Nothing like being consistent, though, yeah. right? Hey. It was late 100% of the time in the month of February, proving that there are some things that are perfect. The average delay was 69 minutes. Officials at Fort Lauderdale, Hollywood, claim no responsibility for the feat. We have no control over that, said Gregory Meyer, spokesman for the airport. We can't fly the plane for them. Very clever, Greg. Steve Bellamy, the airport's third. I wonder if he's kin to Brian Bellamy at Pompano Park. Hey, Brian, you know, the race starts now, okay? God. Steve Bellamy, the airport's 13-year business development manager, said he doesn't recall an airline flying into Fort Lauderdale ever being the recipient of the worst on-time record. JetBlue is Fort Lauderdale Airport's number two carrier in terms of passengers. Spirit Airlines is numero uno. 
JetBlue blames a domino effect. The airline's morning flight is continued delayed in Newark, and that results in the airplane turning around late in Fort Lauderdale. It's the victim of the congested northeast airspace, as well as associated weather in Newark and Florida, said Allison Eshelman, spokeswoman for JetBlue Airways. Chicago's O'Hare International rounded out the top five most frequently delayed flights in February, claiming the other four spots. Fort Lauderdale hasn't made the list since 2005. Overall, on-time performance at South Florida airports improved in February. The Fort Lauderdale airport had on-time arrival 66% of the time, compared with 63.5% a year ago. Palm Beach International had on-time arrival 66.9%, compared with 61.4% of the previous February. Only Miami International got worse. Who was saying that yesterday? Oh! What? I, well, that's good. That's good to hear, because I rip Miami Airport all yep, the time. on Monday. Oh, that was you that yeah, was, was ripping Miami? Yeah, yeah, both of us were. Only Miami International got worse with 62.6% on-time arrivals down from 66.1% from where last year. Shocking. I don't have a big problem. Like I said, the only thing that turned me away from them was that excessive screening that they started doing if you're flying out of the country. Like, what do they do? Do they put the rubber glove on? I mean... No, they, yeah, they put the rubber glove and they stick their foot up there. Them. They put the glove on their toe. Now, what they do is that if, they, if your boarding pass says you're going to Toronto or like to anywhere in Europe or wherever out of the country, they, right. they take the boarding pass away from you, and the guys that are doing the screening, they hold on to it while the, the stuff is going through the um, screening process, you know? Okay. Being x-rayed, and you are shuttled off to like a side room oh. with like three or four other people or sometimes a half a dozen people. And you're, you're like prisoners, you know, and you're stuck in there. And meanwhile, you're watching whoever's got the boarding pass because they're passing it around, you know, and, and wiping their ass with it and doing strange things. And you want to make sure they don't lose your damn boarding pass because once it's gone, you know, you're screwed. Gone. Right. And then they finally, uh, you know, they call you over, and then they, then they do another screening thing. Even though you've already been through the damn screening, then uh, they have another thing they put you through, and then they make you sit down, take your shoes off, and like that. Boy, they really, I went through that twice, and I will never go through that again at Miami International. Too much. Too much. It's one thing to be thorough. It's one thing to be cautious. It's one thing to be careful. It's another thing to be just obnoxious. I could put up with the fact that nobody speaks English there. It doesn't bother me all that much. I don't, I don't listen to them anyway. Now, who cares? I mean, when you're flying into Miami or out of it, you know you're in a foreign country anyway. So what's the difference, right? What do you expect? You expect English in Miami? No, no I'm English. I'll keep... Look at those ratings, for Christ's sakes. Mm-hmm. That's another thing we left off when I was going down the whole routine about radio being finished, and especially in this market, because uh, look at the demographics, for Christ's sakes. How the hell can we compete? And quite frankly, compared to the other AM stations, I mean, you know, uh, the guys across the street are a joke. They're a joke. They got basically twos. They got ones and twos. They're like the Lawrence Welk station. A one, a two, and uh, hopefully a three, but I doubt it. That's them. Didn't they have a three in the afternoon or something? Mad Dog oh, edged them out. Although I'm sure that if you extrapolate just four to seven, that he kicks their ass. The LeBastard thing. But he's also settled that the, the breakdown of the hours is 3 to 7 is afternoon drive. So he settled with a 3 to 4 hour. Not that I'm not saying that the jerks is doing like we're settled with a 2 to 3 hour from 10 to 3. What are you trying I to say? You, uh, you know what I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to say. I'm saying it. I don't beat around the bush. I'm laying it right out there for you, okay? Now, when the whole book comes out in, in a month or whatever the hell it is, and uh, we see the hourlies, I could be proven wrong. He might be kicking big, fat, hairy ass. But I don't think so. National New York Times poll, Obama 46, Clinton 43. The brand new poll just came out. 
Nationwide, New York Times poll. Obama, 46. Swillery, 43. Leading me to wonder out loud, when is the bitch going to give it up? Hysteria. Long raising again. 117 at 560 WQAM. So what do we decide? About? <laughs> that was a rhetorical question. That was interesting the way they said that simultaneously. That was that was, that was like fascinating. That amazing right there? Yeah, that was that was uh, I don't know, revealing I think. 272 votes on the poll. You know what? We got over 1,100, and we're not even paying any attention. 851 and 272 is 23. 1,123, Chris. All right. Mark, put that in your uh, pipe and smoke it. Okay. Uh, George will be back on Monday, by the way, and I'm sure George will have a, a lot to report, most of which we can't repeat on the air. And what are we going to tell him about these numbers? Oh, May 2nd is when the entire uh, winter book comes out. I don't know what day of the week that is. I didn't look. Do you know what day it is? May 2? Can you look on your calendar and see? It's a Friday. Again. Woo! My birthday's May 9th. Is it really? That's right. And what are you suggesting? I'm going to be 2-5. Yeah. Don't I know where you're going with this, buddy. I'm no, not, I'm not going anywhere. I know where you're going with it. No, oh, no. gee, where's my birthday card with a check inside? Oh, you know, you're... I'll send you a few cents. About 30, man. You're terrible. I'm terrible? Yes, you are. In what way? Oh, so in other words, because I send you those checks, I'm terrible? Is that the deal? No, that's not the deal. Oh, so what makes me terrible? You're terrible because you, you, you're falling into that Brandon thing where, like, I, you think that I, I come in here and I, I ask you for money, but I'm, I'm doing something to get that money, and I just remind you when I'm due to get it. That's all. Because you're, I know you forget to, about me, Neil. You're due to get it whenever you feel like getting it. Uh, Okay. That's pretty much the way it works. Oh, I'm going to the Keys and I need money to get drunk. Well, listen, if that's the case, you know, I'll, I'll just start coming in and just, you know, whenever I got an event going on. Yeah, that'll be, give it a try. Give it a good shot. Okay. See how well that works. Okay. I don't got no money for anybody, okay? I'm, I'm already, my money is already spent. I, my money is spent before I even make it. Oh, Swillery, by the way, lying as she usually does. During a news conference in Burbank, a reporter asked Swillery about a recent heated exchange said to have taken place between the senator and New York Governor Bill Richardson, New Mexico, whatever I said, governor, in which he's alleged to have insisted that her opponent, Senator Barack Obama, could not win the upcoming election. And what's this poll? February 24th. What is that? 54 to 38? Favorable opinion, Democrat CBS New York Times poll. Obama? Uh, oh, look at that. And Swillery's got a higher favorable opinion. Obama supporter. Of course, chairman of the uh, Senate Financial Services Committee. Senator, thank you very much for joining us. I know this is a very busy period for you. Thank you. Uh, wh what do you think about the two candidates back and forth, constant attack and counterattack? On, first of all, Chris the subject Dodd of electability. With the white hair. And the reports that Hillary and Bill Clinton uh, have been, you know, telling Bill Richardson and others and other superdelegates supposedly that Barack Obama is not electable. 
what is going on behind the scenes there? Well, it's, it's too long a time between primaries. That's what's going on. And uh, trying to fill the space with something. So every nuance, every syllable that gets uttered gets... That's right. What he's trying to say is that every time somebody farts, everybody wants to know what flavor it was, what they had for breakfast. Am I right? You bet. You know, Clinton responds, we've been going back and forth in this campaign about who said what to whom. I don't talk about private conversations, but I've consistently made the case that I can win because I believe I can win. And you know, sometimes people draw their conclusions when I'm saying somebody else can't win. I can win. I know I can win. That's what I, why I do this every day, and that's what my campaign is about. I'm in it to win. I intend to do just that. That's a no, whatever that means. I can do this, and I can do that. That's all she talks about. She doesn't talk about him. She's qualified. John McCain is qualified. But that other fella, he ain't, uh, you know, he ain't qualified. And he can't win. But she can. She, yeah, she, she brought up the thing about when uh, in 2000, no, not uh, in 92, when Bill won the uh, primary. Yeah. Where, you know, he finally got his, you know, the full approval or whatever in uh, August or something like that. And I'm thinking, no, or June or whatever. I'm like, no. That was just when it was official, but he won it way before that. And plus, the, we plus started, started two months later. That. They exactly. started two months later back then. Exactly. Oh, here's the uh, nationwide poll with Obama against McCain. Barack Obama, 47. John McCain, 42. I've watched them up close. I don't mind what's going on right now at this point. I think Barack Obama has it right. He's not calling for Hillary Clinton to get out of the race. She'll make the right decision at the right time. Bye. Like tomorrow would be good. Come on, Swillery, you can do it. Now, who wrote this thing I'm going to read now? John Nichols on the uh, Nation, yes. Good timing, too, just right up to the break. Excellent. Notice how I got this down to a science now? Yeah. Now, do you want to take any more of those great calls? We had uh, one guy on there. Give out the in... numbers, man. What? Because there's, uh, there's none on the boat right now. I'm not talking about right now. Plus, we got the 80-second delay. I got, we got to do the break. I'm talking about, like, after the break. Okay. I asked you, do you want to take them? I would like that, yes. You would? Yes. Can I read this first, though? Sure. Please do. John Nichols and the Nation Endorsements and Focus Aid Obama in Pennsylvania. Congressman John Murtha, the Pennsylvania Democrat, who has become one of Hillary Clinton's most ardent backers in recent days, told reporters the other day that the New York senator will win the state's April 22 primary by a double-digit margin. A new Pennsylvania poll by KDKA-TV and Survey USA has Clinton just 12 points ahead, 53 to 41 of Obama, who, after a dislocated march, is now refocused on the race and pouring time and money into the Keystone State. A Rasmussen report survey from the same time period has it even closer with Clinton at 47, Obama 42. The KDKA poll, which was conducted too early to capture the full impact of popular Pennsylvania Senator Casey's enthusiastic endorsement of Obama, the Illinois Senator's campaign, and an expensive investment in TV ads, almost certainly suggests too wide a margin. The Rasmussen survey has the race a good deal closer than any experienced observer in Pennsylvania think things stand right now. But here's the best bet at this point. Murtha will be proven wrong. Obama's commitment to fight for Pennsylvania, which only came in a serious way last week, will make the primary results closer than Clinton's 54-44 to win in Ohio. In fact, it could be much closer. The Obama campaign has taken a lot of hits in the past month, but it's also learned a few things. The candidate will spend the right amount of time on the ground in the state. His attention that of his campaign will not be divided, as it was when the Ohio and Texas primaries fell on the same day. And the Illinoisan has a much more prominent backer in Casey than he had in Ohio, where the state's top Democrats either backed Clinton or sat the race out. Indeed, while the Rasmussen poll is too optimistic at this point, Clinton's final margin of victory could well be within the five-point range. And if Obama focuses on economic issues, especially trade policy, in a smart way, he might yet gain the advantage. 
For that to happen, however, he must win the endorsement of the Pittsburgh-based United Steelworkers Union and the United Mine Workers Union that remains a significant force in the state's southwestern counties along the West Virginia border. There's something really strange about that part of Pennsylvania. Yeah? It's craggy, like West Virginia, all the mountains there, the Appalachian Mountains. Craggy. You ever been there? Uh, yeah. You have? Yeah. yeah. I've been on a... Were you like at Wheeling Downs Racetrack? Well, I, mean, I didn't stay there for very long. Just kind of like drove through it a couple dozen times. But yeah. I mean, it's like when we do that thing about how many W's can jerk something along at two o'clock to get us all up to the in the situation. Now here's a guy I can really respect. Who's that? David Smith. Okay. He's worked at a Ford Motor Company parts warehouse for 34 years, but it didn't take him any time at all to walk out. Once he discovered he won a $136 million mega million jackpot. Oh, that's somebody I can respect as opposed to these idiots. Oh, well, I'm just going to go to work again on Monday. And I, oh, come on. Oh, I just want to just point those people in the face. Yeah, and steal the money. Yeah. I yelled at the boss, I'm out of here, Sneak said yesterday after going to State Lottery Headquarters in downtown Lansing to pick up his first $1 million check. Sneak of Livonia in suburban Detroit said the reality of his win has yet to sink in. Remember I was talking about Skipper's Table in Livonia and the DRC Detroit race course? Oh, yeah. Both long gone. All the good things in Detroit are gone, but nevertheless. I still haven't touched base with Earth yet. He said when he saw in the newspaper he had the winning ticket, my whole body went numb, he said. Steve plans to buy a cottage on Mullet Lake in northern Michigan and maybe a new fishing boat or two to help him land the walleyes he loves to catch. He's tired of misplacing his glasses, may get laser surgery to correct his vision, and he'll probably move out of his three-bedroom, two-bath ranch home, although he plans to stay in Michigan. He's even considering returning to Eastern Michigan University to finish his bachelor's degree. He's eight credits shy of a major in warehousing and a minor in international marketing. What an idiot. Yeah, what does he need to do that? What are you going back to school for with $136 million? Right. Well, maybe he needs a good education, sounds like to me. Sneak turned 60 on Tuesday, the day he won the jackpot on his birthday. Friends and relatives at first thought it was an April Fool's joke. I called my sister. She didn't believe me. I called my daughter. She thought I was nuts, said Sneak, who said he made his first call to his ex-wife, Deborah. Oh, that's the wrong. That's another bad move. Deborah, whom he called his significant ex, attended yesterday's news conference where Sneak was presented with a large replica of a $136 million check. His daughter was there with her daughter, as was his son, who had bought the wedding ticket on his father's behalf during a trip to a gas station to get cigarettes. He just went in there to get some faggots, and he got the ticket. Sneath plans to take the lump payout worth $84.3 million, or $60 million after taxes. Jesus. Oh, my. He won $136 million. All he's going to get is like $60 million. That's more than half. That's nuts. Yesterday, he got the first million dollars. He'll get the remainder in a second payment at the warehouse. He made 60 to 70 grand a year. So it's a little bit of an upgrade, you know, but... This government, that American government, man, what a bunch of grave robbers, a bunch of lunatics, a self-described character. He generally kicked in 60 bucks a week with four co-workers at his job in Brownstown to buy lottery tickets, spending half the money on tickets for Tuesday's draw and half for Friday's. This time, his son bought him 15 bucks worth of tickets, picking numbers that Sneed suggested. The winning combination, 417, 26, 46, 56, plus 25 for the mega ball, were numbers Sneed once got as a random pick continues to play. But his four co-workers didn't entirely lose out. He plans to give them a million bucks each out of his winnings. Sneed said he doesn't have any big plans for the money, but noted none will go toward buying a big new foreign car. I worked for Ford Motor Company. He said I won't be buying no foreign product. How about a nice vet would be good? That's made in Ohio. Bowling Green. Even though Ford don't make it. How about one of those nice new Z06? 
that Atomic Orange? No? Yeah, I love the Z06. I would get a convertible Z06. Yeah. If I were to get a vet. Sneed's $136 million jackpot may seem alike, but doesn't seem even close to the record. Largest Mega Millions jackpot was $390 million in March last year, given to two winners in Georgia and New Jersey. Mega Millions is a multi-state lottery game offered in Michigan, California, Georgia, Illinois, Maryland, Massachusetts, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Texas, West Virginia, and Washington State. Jackpot started a guaranteed $12 million. Grow when nobody wins a jackpot. So there you go. He won $136 million. He's going to wind up with $60 million. I mean, not that $60 million is bad. Forgot I was making sixty grand a year or whatever he was making. But, I mean, what a ripoff. What a rape. A rape of the American public, man. That's what goes on in America. If you win $60 million here, you guess what they give you? A check. And you know how much? $60 million. None of this rape. You know, it's hard enough. People work their asses off to try to scrape some cash together so they can survive, especially these days. And somebody gets lucky, and guess what? Well, we don't want you to be too lucky. We want it. We want our slice, baby. We want our big chunk. That's enough to make me blow chunks. Okay, here's the pool. And by the way, we're over, um, what do we got? 1138 Two million. Oh, has he changed it? It hasn't changed it yet. He does that right near the end of the show, if he's going to do it for you. Now, maybe, maybe Eric doesn't like you, you know. What do you mean? What, Eric? I don't know. He's no reason he should. Well, don't you remember when the everybody two of you hates were like, me, man? <laughs> right. Well, you try to get used to it. Don't you remember when the two of you were feuding about who was going to post the stories? And there, there was something going on there. We were we were feuding. Feuding about your. That's right. Online, yeah. I your, told your, him and your computer expertise. That's right. Yeah. Something like I don't know. All you computer guys, all the same. If I had the time, I would learn another language. Hundred fourteen to play an instrument. Fifty one. More about investing. Twenty three. Scuba diving. Fourteen. More about history, 12. The Quran, 11, so I could blow myself up. The carpentry, 9. More about Jesus, speaking of carpenters, 8. Wasn't he the son of a carpenter? Son of a... To manage my anger, 8. How to program my cell phone, 8. To play golf, 6. Sign language, 6. To drive a stick shift, 5. Stick it, stick it. Now, now can you uh, enlighten us, since you're involved in some of these promotion meetings, what is that supposed to be, that ticket, ticket? Why do they do that? Um, I... Could never answer that question. To ride a motorcycle, four. To play craps, four. To rollerblade, three. To sing, one. To do my own taxes, none. If I had time, I'd learn to do my own taxes, none. I mean, we're talking about a waste of time. So you have no idea what that ticket, ticket, it's subliminal. And, you know, makes a lot of people think of the ticket, which probably isn't what you want to do if you're smart. Right. You want to put, like, something subliminally in the... It would be like the Coke running ad saying, Pepsi, Pepsi, like that. You know, I don't think they would do that. Would they? That's not the ticket. No. So maybe when the uh, book came out, maybe that's why they st- gave us, uh, they stuck it, stick it, and like that. I don't know. Like I said, there's there's a diminishing pie out there. I, I do like pecan pie. I, lo- I love that uh, banana cream, though, that caramelized banana cream pie at Ruth Chris. I'm not supposed to be eating that, but, man, you just you just can't stop. It is just so damn good. I bet neither one of you ever had it, either. No. No, I'm not a big dessert guy. But I, 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 do, uh, I do not tell him to keep the butter off my steak. I can tell you that. That's crazy. Well, you don't have the stomach. Uh, you don't have IBS. <laughs> you don't have irritable bowel. That is a good thing. Farts. 
That, that is a good thing that you don't have that. Now, someday when See, you get to the Irish, older, that we don't have that. Someday when you're older, you probably have IBS. You'll probably be crapping all over or yourself. Or I probably won't. So it's easy for you to say right now, oh, gee, that old fart, 65 years old, he needs a bag or something for crying out loud. You wait, your day will come, and you'll go into a fancy restaurant, they'll slather butter all over your steak, and boy, you'll, you'll be trying to squat your way down the hall, and you don't, we won't make it. And they'll be saying, hey, hey, old man, what's that? Is that road apples you got there behind you, or what, what is that? Road apples. The best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sorry, good apple sports leader. Jerry Schrader had a problem. One day he came. Anybody smell up in heaven? Does gas act the same? Does it linger in heaven? Would you be ashamed to pull my finger in heaven? I'll know these things when the fat lady sings Cause I'll be the one who brings Tears to heaven Cause I know I'll be the one who brings Tears to heaven 145, you know, that really is something to think about. And, of course, there would be those who would say, well, you won't be able to fart because you won't have any body. You won't have any... Rectum. Like that. And, of course, the obvious question is, well, will you be able to see? Will you be able to smell? Will you be able to think? Will you be able to feel? Feel what? Will you be able to sniff? Anything. Look at that. Who shares your moral values? Barack Obama, 70%. McCain, 66%. Swillery, 60%. She's bringing up an ass end. Who shares your oral moral values? Look at this article by Allison Kilkenny. John McCain is an effing whore. Oh. Boy, I hope she don't get suspended like Randy there, you know. Scare America. He's a war whore. It says, Merriam-Webster gives the following definitions for the word whore. One, a woman who engages in sexual acts for money. Prostitute, also a promiscuous or immoral woman. Two, a male who engages in sex acts for money. Or three, a venal or unscrupulous person. Ladies and gentlemen, John McCain is a big effing whore, says Allison. John McCain is an embarrassment of contradictions. He claims to be a man of the people, but has spent his life surrounding himself with only the finest pedigrees of elite rich wasps. He pretends to be a proponent of political reform when, in fact, he chronically dips into the lobbyist cookie jar. He sold his soul for the fringe right vote. Once a strict non-intervention is conservative, McCain is now leading the campaign for expansionist policies. All of these realities blatantly contradict the McCain presented to the public, a straight talker who's above the filthy game of politics. John McCain is, in short, a whore. Matt Welch carefully explains in McCain, the Myth of a Maverick, how the McCain of yesterday transformed into a lobbyist humping, lying horror. In 1983, the young congressman votes against a measure to extend the deployment of U.S. Marines in Lebanon. He gave the following speech. The fundamental question is, what is the United States' interest in Lebanon? 
It has said we're there to keep the peace. I ask what peace? It said we're there to aid the government. I ask what government? It said we're there to stabilize the region. I ask who can the U.S. Uh, who can the U.S. presence stabilize the region? I think it means how, but nevertheless, that's what it says. What can we expect if we withdraw from Lebanon? The same as will happen if we stay. I acknowledge that the level of fighting will increase if we leave. I regretfully acknowledge that many innocent civilians will be hurt, but I firmly believe this will happen in any event. Where was that John McCain when we needed him? Sadly, he's buried beneath campaign contributions and writhing lobbyists. McCain, that is the 2008 whore McCain, is more concerned with winning the presidency than promoting any kind of consistent message. He was very, very anti-war until he wasn't, meaning until it became clear that war was popular around the time of the first Gulf War. Then old straight-talking Horry McCain changed his entire life story. Didn't you know McCain has always been for the surge? He's always been a military man, except when he wasn't, but that doesn't matter anymore. John McCain is a rich elitist who never stepped out of his warmongering ancestors' shadows. He was a Naval Academy punk who transitioned nicely into a role of pissed-off old curmudgeon. He's a rich, mean man who holds a grudge. He was so mean, in fact, that his friends nicknamed him McNasty. Now, what did you just fax me? Oh, I'm faxing you everything that comes in, so, um, you know, go ahead and look. Any income that a U.S. citizen earns worldwide is taxable. If you win the jackpot in Canada or any other winnings or earnings, you're required to report it to the U.S. and pay U.S. taxes on it. Wrong. In addition, if you give up your U.S. citizenship so you don't have to pay taxes, you won't be allowed back into the country. Also wrong. Whoever heard of such crap? In other words, there are people who become citizens of other countries and they're not allowed back in the country. Whoever wrote this has got to be M-O-R-O-N, like most says. There are no taxes on any jackpot winnings here, no matter where, where, whence you come, okay? Period. There is nobody there to report to. There is nobody there, to, like in Vegas, you know how they come around and you have to fill out the little form? Yes. There, there's, there's no such person. There's no such activity going on. It doesn't exist here, okay? So whoever wrote this crap on this unsigned fax with no header on it, has it even got a header right now? It's got nothing. If you win the jackpot in Canada, you know you're not. No, you are not. Idiot. Moron. And if you're and who's giving up their U.S. citizenship? Who's saying anything about that? That guy. Schmuck. Australia's prime minister came under fire at home Friday over a playful salute. He gave to President Bush at a NATO summit meeting, which critics said seemed to suggest Australian subservience to Washington. Australian television repeatedly broadcast videos of the gesture yesterday on the sidelines of the Bucharest summit and speculated about what it meant, while opposition lawmakers said it belittled Australia. We're not the 51st state of the U.S. of America. Oh, and by the way, let me just interrupt my story here. If you're like um, Canadian, in fact, they even run spots for it. There's a place that you can go to where they can get your money back. If you're Canadian, go to Vegas, and they take uh, money out of the jackpot. You can get it back when you come back to Canada. Really? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Do you have to be a Canadian citizen or just like living in Canada like you are? I don't know. Hmm. Oh, I'm, I'm sure I can. I'm an American citizen. If I went to Vegas, I'd still have to pay the same tax. But if you're a Canadian citizen or of any other country, you can get your money back. That's pretty cool. In any other country that doesn't tax winnings. Australian television repeatedly broadcast videos of the gesture yesterday on the sidelines of the Bucharest Summit and speculated about what it meant while opposition lawmakers said it belittled Australia. We are not the 51st state of the U.S. of America, and Mr. Rudd's salute carried a subservient connotation many Australians won't like, said Bob Brown, leader of the minor opposition Greens Party. 
The salute revived memories of Southeast Asian countries, including Malaysia, accusing Australia under former Prime Minister John Howard of being too close to Bush and too willing to adopt hawkish U.S. foreign policy. Rudd explained he was just being friendly toward a world leader whom he had met for the first time as Prime Minister a week earlier in Washington. It was just a joke, he said. I was just saying hi to the President of the USA. Yeah, he could have flipped him the bird and said hi, too. How you doing, Prez? And flipped him a couple of these. Am I right? Yes. Yes. So all these experts out there, just like the expert about, oh, it was Tessio that said that line about Luca Brazzi sleeps with the fishes, and if you're a U.S., uh, yeah, everybody's an expert. And, you know, the interesting part of it is that all these experts, most of them never stepped foot outside the country, not even to, like, Guadalajara or something like that or Cancun. How are we doing on your second poll there, Chris? We have two million yet? Three sixteen. Yeah, Gary, look at that. We're getting out of here, and Eric hasn't uh, changed the thing yet. I'm sure he's busy. We got three hundred and seventeen votes, right on the verge of two million. Now, if he doesn't change it for it, that means because he changed it for Zach yesterday. Was he yesterday? Uh.